Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, welcome to a live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier here. Kelvin all suited and booted up. You you going to a going to an event, going to the strike tour event? What's going on? It, it, hey, this is the event, man. I'm here with my Rattler family in the HBCU world at large with my brother Brian. Hey, it's for you all. There you go. See, I feel underdressed now. That's underdressed. Uh, good to see you, man. Um, hopefully, we will have the third member of our squad, uh, Marcus Green, here joining us. Uh, I must have missed him. I actually, no, I do know where Marcus is at. Um, he's getting his uh, he's getting his youngling young youngling ready. His uh, young Padawan, who's uh, uh, about to venture off into the world of HBCU education right. up there in, in, in B more. So uh, yeah. I know he's, he's taking care of business with the, with, with him. Uh, so hopefully he did say he would probably get a chance to join us, but uh, I, I do know, you know, it's hectic. He's probably running around trying to get things done. So if we don't see him until a little bit later, that's uh, understandable to, to, uh, to say the least. So, yeah, that's that's the youngest, and that's you know the son. So you know he, you know he, he got a freshman year all again, all over again. I think he got two in college now. Yeah, yeah. His daughter is uh what uh Norfolk. Ooh, ooh. This is a trivia question. I'd fail it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then 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 the son is 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 an incoming freshman at uh, Morgan State. So. Mm. All right. Well, hey, good, good to see it's all all HBCU ties. All HBCU yeah. love continue to grow the grow the family and grow the brand. So it's it's all good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, we got a busy show tonight. You know, I always panic this time of year, Kelvin, because I'm, you know, we're struggling. I feel like we're always struggling to figure out what we're going to talk about and what we're going to do on the show, and then magically at the tenth, eleventh hour. 
things just start falling in place. And then it's like a game of Plinko. And it's just like, oh, hey, we got a show. All right. We, we talented, man. That's why people watch us. We're good, brother. All right. All right. You are well, worthy. <laughs> it's good to know. Good to know. Um, thanks to everybody who's already jumped in. A lot of traffic already, man. You guys are thirsty. Ch already chatting in the rooms, man. Before we even went live, folks were were chatting. So I mean that that's a good sign. This is one of the slowest days on the sports calendar, if I'm not mistaken. Although I mean, with the exception of NBA Summer League, there is at least they used to say. And actually, I don't even think this is true anymore now. But they used to say this was the quietest day, either today or tomorrow, is the quietest day in sports on the sports calendar. But but that's really not true because, not yeah, no, I mean, you got all kinds of sports happening. And then sports news is happening all over the place. Hell, we used to we used to have to try to find content, you know, like, uh, hey, what's the what's your Mount Rushmore of HBCU classic games or Hey, who's the Mount Rushmore of FAMU quarterbacks? I mean, that's the kind of stuff five years ago I think we would have been talking about at this time of year, right, Kelvin? Say, so, uh, who's the best tight end in the SWAC? I, I don't know. You know, we <laughs> we'd have been reaching, reaching for content, but there is always something. So we appreciate everybody watching us on the YouTube channel. That's the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page at myjbn1. Of course. We are a part of the Black College Sports Network, which is uh, underneath the Jericho Broadcast Network's umbrella. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe. We're going to be making some, we're going to be bringing some little tweaks to the YouTube channel, Kelvin. Uh, adding some bonus features, some subscription-based stuff, especially when the football season comes around, you know. So we're going to be creating some bonus content and uh, so for those of you who are uh, really supportive of everything, what we do, uh, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to come to you and ask for a little, little more of your support on, on a monthly basis. But we're going to give you some stuff that'll be worth it, we feel. So that'll be coming up here in the, in the next month or so. We'll, we'll drop some info about that. And uh, let's see. Oh, download that Jericho Broadcast Networks app. The Google Play and Apple App Store, my JBN, my BCSN. So you can never be in too many places because let's just say you can't find us on Facebook or which is uh, Facebook at ONG Strike Zone or uh, my BCSN one, of course. Uh, there's always YouTube, but let's say something happens on YouTube. Well, we got the uh, our own app as well. So we are we are in multiple places. And if you're watching on Twitter, you might be watching on Twitter. So I just want to give that kind of special announcement and just kind of put those things out in space. Um, all right. So coming right in, let me take a look first in, I see all now. I don't know if this is officially the first one in. So uh, I'm going to give Jimmy Mack the, the first one. Now, you know, I'm not really sure what he's referring to in there. This must've been an offline conversation or maybe that you, and he were having Kelvin. Uh, it wasn't me. I think it was him and somebody else. But uh, I'm sure he's talking about a subject that we'll get into shortly with a uh, certain uh, player in the transfer portal. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So props to Jimmy Mack. First one. First one in the building. Followed up by Kenneth Rozier, who jumped in. We appreciate Kenneth for for jumping in there. Let's see who else jumped in. We got B Starks. 
Uh, good evening, B. Starks. Ashton Harris jumped in as, as well. <clears throat> Tamara T., good to see you this evening, Miss Tamara. First one in from Facebook, Chuck Hunt from Monroe, Louisiana. Monroe, he, he announced it every time. He, he had like somebody going to forget he from Monroe, Louisiana. We appreciate you, Chuck, though. I, I know where Monroe, Louisiana. Well, I don't know exactly. You know what, Chuck? What? Give me a read. Is, is, is that North? Is, is, is that it, is, it, is it Central Louisiana? Is it Southern? I don't know. I just I just know I want to go to Monroe because that's where Chuck Hunt is from. You know, and I and I if I ever pass through Monroe, Louisiana, I say, oh, that's where Chuck Hunt's from. You know, so I just gotta you gotta put that in the chat there. Ah, there she is, Melissa Wilson. Good to see you. Duh. Amen. Amen. Edwin Moore checking in uh from Big D. Uh, I'm assuming that's Dallas, right, Edwin? That's the only big D I can think of, unless it's Detroit. No, I don't think that. It's got to be Dallas. Got to be Dallas. So, uh, Edwin, the strike tour is coming your way tomorrow. So, uh, I hope you uh, will be interested. Will you be there? Uh, be interested. Um, Bull, what, ha- what do you mean what happened to your chat, Bull? What, I'm not surely sure what you're referring to. You Give us a little more here. So, just uh, checking up. Oh, James Austin. Oh, why do you want to talk about women's basketball, James? You don't want to. You don't want to talk about women's basketball during the season. But oh, when we get a new coach, everyone wants to talk about women's basketball. I'm just messing with you, James. Hot topic, Kelvin. Right? Hot topic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, uh, the women's assistant coaches positions, both of them were advertised already, and they closed tomorrow. But I'm pretty sure they'll just roll it over. And keep them open until they get that head coaching job advertised and filled. So that's a little concerning. Uh, how you doing, Meredith? Good to see you. Um, yeah, you know, why would we? I don't understand. Help me, help me rationalize. It, it, no, it was already advertised when you know when the coaches left and um coach Pillar was looking to fill those positions. So it was already advertised when they advertised the uh bowling coach. Head bowling coach position too. So, All right. So you know it ain't nothing new, but yeah, they're gonna have to roll it over. All right. All right. What up, Drew? Good to see AD checking in. Appreciate that. Mary three hundred five checking in as well. Marcus, good to see you, Mark. Good, to, good to see you, man. Good. To, thanks for checking in with us. We appreciate it. Already good. Uh, uh, yeah. Hey, uh, thanks to everybody who checked us out on the Golden Boot. Uh, podcast on, uh, I've already forgotten, what day did we do that? Monday? The days are blurring now. Yes, that was Monday. Yeah, that was Monday. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Uh, that, <laughs> the days are a blur right now. So I appreciate everybody who tuned in and checked us out on the Golden Boot. Great conversation with Pooh Bear and Ant. Uh, man, I love, and, and by the way, I Carlos. love, I'm, yeah, exactly. Carlos, <laughs> uh, Carlos Brown. It was like a BCSN family reunion show. Um with FAMU and Southern well-represented. So I think that was – they did a good job of uh, putting those two schools together. And I got to give those guys credit because I love what they're doing. I'm really jealous of what they're doing. Um, so it's a professional praise that I'm giving them. I love the fact that they're bringing on content creators who are talking about their schools. It's a great idea. Um, yes. they, they had uh, – I, I enjoyed watching the Hampton – and North Carolina A&T one. And I mean, just if you want to get a good perspective from people who are boots in the ground, I know there's a lot of people talking about a lot of different schools, but sometimes you just got to go to the people who are ingrained 
You know, like I, I consider my man Kelvin well, way more ingrained with FAMU athletics than me. You know, so I mean, look, I had to bring Kelvin in on that episode, just like Carlos is well ingrained in what's going on with Southern. And um, I think uh, last week they also had an episode with Tennessee State, yeah. uh, all corn. And so, I mean, I again, the Golden Boot podcast and that's and that's, of course, spelled G.E.A.U.X., you know, gold, you know, like not, not G-O-L-D, but, you know, Louisiana, this gold, G-E-A, that, that, uh, Louisiana thing they do, but it's really good, really good, uh, show. Love that. Uh, so I, I try to check them out whenever I can, man, it's a lot of shout outs today. Huh? Somebody must've turned on an extra feature in the chat room. John Taylor, how you doing? Good to see you. Um, Carlos Brown, there's Carlos checking in. Good to see you, Carlos. Um, JSU in the house. Yeah, all day, all day. Good to see Kenya Moore or Kenya Sykes in there. I, I don't know where Kenya Moore came from. Kenya Sykes, good to see you. I I got uh, I think Hello. a couple people's names mixed in. Ch uh, so Chuck said Northeast Louisiana. So okay, that's uh, let me see geography here. Is that going? Is that close to Arkansas? Yeah, that's going up. Yeah, that's going Northeast. Up north. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. Somebody, here's a little more clarification here on I-20 North, L.A. between Shreveport and Vicksburg. Okay, two areas. I really, now I'm really lost. So, um, anyway, anyway, so, yeah. Um, all right, so let's get it. Look, I'll get into a lot of, look, I can go on shout-outs here all day. Let's get into some of the talk. Uh, right off the bat, we got to talk about Kamari Stevens. We're going we're gonna to lead off the show with the announcement that came out. Kamari uh, of course, did and this came out literally an hour. I don't know about the timing, and this came out an hour after the SWAC released the list of participants at the SWAC Media Day, which uh, for us, of course, with Coach Simmons, Jeremy Musa, and then it said Kamari Stevens. And then literally about an hour later, less than an hour maybe, Kelvin, uh, Kamari posted a tweet saying that he has re-entered the transfer portal. And and so this this on the heels of this is the second time he's done this. And when he came back, he put this whole nice promo video together. <laughs> you know, he's a bit much, he, but... He, he, di he didn't have a Rattler uh, no. sweatshirt on, though, at first when he did that, either. Wait, yeah, that, that, was, that he, was very curious. That was didn't, very Then he had a UCF stuff on? Yeah, he had some UCF stuff. That's Central Florida, for those of you who don't know. Uh, uh, but, yeah, no, it was just really curious that, uh, that, that he did that. He got Coach Simmons in on it. And so now he's he's out. Speculate, because all we—that's all we really can do, Kelvin. So, if you had to speculate, what, what, what are the reasons you're speculating, or what, what reasons can we speculate as to why Kamari might have jumped back in the portal? Young people do young people things sometimes. I, I really think it boils down to that. I, I think he might have gotten a little emotional with something that's very minor, probably could be worked out. Um, and he, you know, responded to social media and, you know, once you do that, you can't pull it back. So he probably should have marinated, take some time and so forth. 
now it, it's it, you know at this point you know it's, there's there's really no room to kind of work that out so you know because you you know you know the coach is gonna feel a certain kind of way your teammates gonna feel a certain kind of way oh yeah and um and rightfully so frankly i mean you know we they were with you we, we supported we were with you when the first time but you know at this point you know going into camp and everything especially after you did the you know vaughn even talked about it did this whole grand return when you when you return from the quarter Vaughn even had a great sit-down interview with him. I mean, yeah. all kinds of press coverage. It's just like – And he talked about all the reasons why he was coming back. You know, yeah. he he said a lot of good things. You got to remember, he, he, he's a grad student. He, he He's a rattler now. He's graduated. He's a rattler. He's, and yes, and, he's and a rattler. I, wish, I wish him the best. I really do. Uh, hold no ill wills or nothing. But uh, we got a squad. Oh, yeah. One monkey don't stop, no show. <laughs> where, where did I've heard that? So, I've heard that so many. Where did that come from? I um, heard that. What that? It, what it's that an old saying. I heard it on some songs. It, you know, a lot of a lot of places, man. One monkey don't stop, no show. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Um, I see a lot of Rattler Nation in the in the chats. Definitely wishing him up, next man up, uh, so on and so forth. I don't know whether, you know, I've heard speculation about, look, if, if the reason is something, put it like this, if it's if it's based on emotions, like, that, that's crazy to me. But it, like you said, it is what young people do. Yeah. Um, now, if it were something else related, like I've had discussions with people and we talked about, it might be related to financial financial dollars, financial aid uh, dollars, or scholarships, or grants. He, he, um, he's he's, go, he's going in as a grad student, so I mean, right? I mean, so he can, and, and, the, that, and the thing that wouldn't that wouldn't that's not it. Let, 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 let's not even go down there. That's not it. Okay. What about getting into a grad program? Obviously, no, have, that's not it. No, no that's okay, not that, it. We, we, we it's cross, young people doing young up. people things. I'm gonna leave young it there. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Look, I, I've seen he already he was quick to announce that he did get one offer from Troy. Troy University was quick to offer him an opportunity. Okay, great. Congratulations. And we'll kind of see. Not that look, we're not gonna be, I don't think we're tracking it really. I mean, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, it'll come up, I'm sure. Uh, but for him, you know, the timing is is it's curious. I mean, because here you were about to go on the stage at SWAT Media Day as potentially. Now, this is what I'm curious about, and I and I'll have to do a little again. I don't know who the SWAT voters are for Defensive Player of the Year or even the first team, but I got to imagine he was going to walk in as possibly a first team candidate, defensive end, preseason. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Might have even been up for player of the year defense player of the year yes all, so, all, all true you know so so all of those <clears throat> preseason accolades whatever it is that got him in his feelings about wanting to jump in the portal superseded all that and you know i i've heard somebody give a quote uh from coach simmons that he doesn't have the energy to waste on on all that kind of stuff and if that's true hey great i love it I love it. You know, we got we got to move forward, man. Yeah. Um, there, there are more guys who are again. 
with 17 transfer portal guys who have come into this spring, there are more guys wanting to come in and be a part of FAMU than there are guys leaving. And that's knowing how extremely deep we are. Um, so again, we will we'll rest on that and kind of see what's going on. Now, in terms of who's going to go, I have, I've sent out a couple of texts. I haven't heard who's going to go. I would hope, remember we talked about this last week or either we talked about it uh, Friday. I hope it was Isaiah Major in the first place because I was kind of worried about Kamari anyway. But I would hope Isaiah Major might get an opportunity to, or, hey, even Kendall Bowler um, or maybe Eric Smith. Uh, those are, you know, Smith is more of a grad student. Uh, so I, I think having somebody like him w- would be a great representation. Yeah, it, it's more more than likely. I, I would think it's going to be Isaiah Major if I'm, you know, it'd be hard, hard to go against that one. Well, and, and also you got to add, when you're going into these meetings, you got to find somebody who's going to be comfortable talking in front of the media. Okay. That, well, that's well, a well, big component these- of it. You generally take the guys that got the best potential, who are going to be the most visible, get the most attention, and who's going to have opportunity to play at the next level. So, yeah, but I also think you're going to take the guys who can can talk it too, because there's a lot of talking that has to go on, and that's your you're you're selling your brand when you go to that media day. That's why they got to go. That's exactly why they go. And and you have a team, and you have a team of people you know that speak but you know Isaiah's you know briefly talked with us during the spring when he was passing by and so I mean he's he's an intelligent guy an articulate guy so okay um the other piece of hot news hot topics (laughs) which uh apparently everybody wants to talk about is the women's basketball coach uh but it's not the only vacant position it's it's the high profile position uh, obviously, and uh, uh, but of course, Shalon Pillow this time last week resigned, um, and so we're waiting to kind of see how the process is going to go. Now, you said you have not seen it advertised. You've seen the assistant coach position advertised, correct? Correct. They have not advertised the uh, head women's basketball coach position yet the bowling coach position is out there. And I think it closes tomorrow too. Hmm. Interesting. I don't, I don't, again, I I don't understand how you, I'm trying to process things again. You want to, I know you're trying to set your head coach up for success, but a lot of times as a head coach, a head coach wants to have, his or her assistants because you got to know that the people that you're working with, you can, you can work with. They're not going to feel, they're they're not going to feel the, but again, the reason the positions were advertised because they were for coach pillar to fill those positions. The reason they advertise at this time is because those lines had to be cleared for the payouts. And so that's why they were advertised when they were, um, and honestly, that probably contributed to Coach Pillow, along with probably finding something else and seeing some handwriting on Raw. It probably contributed to some of her frustration and why she's leaving, frankly, because uh, kids are, some kids are on campus. The entire team would be reporting in less than a couple of weeks. 
and entire team. It's more like there's only half, there's only half the team. I, I don't even think we got a starting it's new. five. It, I'm we saying may, it's, it's we, new. Have a, we may have a starting five, but that's about it, though. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was going to be a new team anyway, but some on yeah. campus and the ones that are on campus will be reporting shortly. And it's just her. So it will. Yeah. It was just her. So that's tough. Uh, that very tough. Very tough. Um, of course, you know we had. If any of you guys missed our show from Friday. Uh, we've tweeted it out. It's a few places. Uh, encourage you to go go check out the BCSN Pod Zone. That's where you can find that episode from Friday. Kelvin and I did a great, I thought a great reaction show. It was so good, in fact, <laughs> that it picked up some great written press attention, uh, which love love that, uh, you know. And so, a lot of stuff that maybe we didn't. And look. All credit to you guys in Rattler Nation. Some of the names that we threw out were names that we had, but you guys also threw out some great names as well. So I'm not going to get on here and say, oh, the list that that uh, our, our guy Gerald posted on Tallahassee Democrat was all us. No, it wasn't. It was, and truly, he said it, Rattler Nation. We are part of Rattler Nation. We all aggregated that list, and it was a damn good list. It is it a is. damn good list. It is. It really is, because is. I think it covers a few other it covers the whole spectrum of high school coaches, current Division II coaches, uh, some top-level Division I assistant coaches. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to my guy, Drew, uh, because Drew came up with a couple other names that we didn't even that we didn't even discuss when he and I were talking about it on Monday. Um, the former Florida Memorial head coach, Gregory Stanback, who'd been there for 17 years at Florida Memorial ended this past year with a, with a championship in the sunshine state conference uh, had a 17 game win streak at the end. He's recruited at a high level in terms of transfers. Uh, so that's a strong program. And then another name that he and I talked about um, from right over at Edward waters, <clears throat> excuse me, Charmaine Wilson, who's been the uh, head coach over at Edward waters for I think the last decade, I think she's a Bethune grad, which surprisingly she she wasn't up for that role, which is crazy. But anyway, I've watched her coach and do a great job at uh, Edward Waters. And so I know the folks at Edward Waters are like, Brian, what are you doing? Stop. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't giving up Coach Wilson. No, well, heck, it'd be a it'd be a it'd be a win for FAMU. So there are some really good candidates. And as we talked about, the challenge of all of it is going to be timing. Because for us, it's it's short notice, but also for these other teams and other coaches, it's gonna cut them. So if anybody leaves their program, right. you you better hope you got a strong stability and strong stable with uh, with uh, with your assistant coaching staff, and and hope she don't take them or he or she when they leave they don't take them all. So <laughs> that'll be. Uh, that'll be interesting. So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. All right, let's uh, let's do this. Let's get into our, our quickly our first break of the show. Come back. Got some great information to share with you. We talked about how busy a show we got. We got a special announcement that we're going to bring up here on the other side. Uh, so if uh, especially if you have a young high school student in the South, you may want to tune in. Or at least get a uh, get ready to tune in. We got some great info to share with you, so uh, hang right there. We will be right back in a short two minute block. 
Uh, you're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. We made this track to tell everybody they can follow their dreams. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E.com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, KeversVoice.com. Always on, all the time. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Remember the revival? Relive the remix. Reunite for the Orange Blossom Classic. HBCU reunion experience. It's year three, baby, and we back with that fire. Calling all HBCU fans. Labor Day weekend. The I Love Jackson State University takes on the Venomous Florida A&M University. Tickets are on sale now. Watch the game in premium style seating or watch it from a luxury suite. And of course, you know the halftime show. It's going to be epic right here in the 305. The sonic boom of the South and the illustrious Marching 100. Who you rocking with? The 2023 Orange Blossom Classic. Don't miss the HBCU reunion experience. Labor Day weekend, Miami Gardens, Florida, Hard Rock Stadium. Trust me, we'll see you there. Oh, oh, oh. Check out orangeblossomclassic.com for tickets and info. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone, Brian. I gotta. Where is everybody? Okay, gotta gotta shuffle around. There's I'm Brian. There's Kelvin Rozier. And joining us is uh, Kelvin Carter. Of, good man. Uh, good, good man. We, exactly. Anybody named Kelvin? Awesome. Uh, Kelvin, it's good to see you again. Of course, Kelvin has been a part of the uh, uh, BCSN Sports Wrap with me and Drew. He, of course, uh, representing Stride Inc., which we'll tell you about in a second. And, of course, our boss, the boss man himself, Anna Rattler, Roy M. Evans, the second CEO of the Black College Sports Network and Jericho Broadcasting Network. What up, boss? How you doing? How you guys doing tonight? Kelvin, Roy, what's good? Kelvin, go ahead, sir. Hey, doing well, guys. Great to be on the show. You know, the OG strike zone. So, you know, the colors are a little, you know, really nice. I like I like these colors on the show. So <laughs> we, we, we can get right into the, to the meat and bones of the situation. Yeah, y'all, y'all got to understand. I think Kelvin is a is an all night, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, yes, yeah. That, that so we, give me a shout out. Hey, we had- hey <laughs> Kelvin, I learned real quick how to say all corn because I was saying all way. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, y'all got me right. Yes, sir. <laughs> it, 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 it takes it takes a while because it just isn't 
you know, like you said, always all all corn. But anyway, you get you, we'll we'll get it right though. We can't we can't wait to uh, play uh, all corn uh, in a. Well, who knows? We'll, we'll see. A lot of people might be predicting a SWAC championship game. But anyway, might definitely we'll be playing y'all in 2020. When was it? I think five. Uh, we're on the five and six. That's the uh, back-to-back with uh, with Alcorn. If, if we don't meet y'all first in uh, for a championship. Uh, so we got a special announcement here. And so I'm going to turn it over to our CEO, Roy Evans here, who's going to let us know about this special announcement, uh, the BCSN and our relationship uh, with Stride is uh, taking some, here we go, big strides. Oh, watch out now. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you there, Mr. Fulford. But um, I'm actually not going to stay up front myself very long, but I do want to introduce Mr. Kelvin Carter, who, again, is, a, is an Alcornite and has done things with the network. But he also works for K-12 as well as Stride, and I'm going to let him – give us the delineation so when our second partnership that we are um, putting together with this organization we're going to have an opportunity for some interns uh, 15 high school students from across the southeast are going to get an opportunity to intern with us through the black college sports network and do some content creating and learn the industry and the business as well as getting engaged and finding out more about hbcus um, we're just happy to be a part of it we like these brothers over there they're doing a good job and we want to kind of tie some things into them. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to Kelvin and, you know, let, let our guests, let our guests get his shine. Let him tell us a little bit about what we got going on with their company. All right. So thanks so much guys for having me on. So first of all, thanks to BCSN and Roy and Brian and AD and all the guys and Kelvin for being very welcoming to our program. So I work for a company called Stride Learning uh, K-12 and we are a company that provides full-blown online schools for students across the United States and almost all the states right now, about 47. So in my inter- interaction in the company, um, this partnership or this type of thought process began with what's called our employee resource group, which is a black equity group inside the company. And we began with sponsoring a suite at the MEAC White Challenge and the Celebration Bowl. So those are some things that as the company began to see the importance of those relationships with the HBCUs, and also those relationships with all of the schools and the schools of education. So as we thought about it, we uh, BCSN partnered with our Stride PD Center to provide some advertising for this ongoing professional development for any student who graduated from a school of education, in particular from an HBCU. They got free professional development for the first six months of their career, which would allow them to actually explore and expand upon what they've learned in our amazing institutions. So moving out of that, we were looking for another opportunity and we talked about content creation, things that kids are already interested in. And that's how we came about with the partnership that'll provide 15 paid internships for students in the states of Alabama, Georgia, North Carolina, and Florida. Um, We thought those states were important, Florida because of FAMU, uh, Georgia because that's where the MEAC challenge is held, uh, Alabama, because right now, well, Alabama has the largest number of HBCUs and also the SWAC is headquartered there. And we at Stride, we have over 4,500 students in those schools with a lot of uh, density around Birmingham, Tuscaloosa and Montgomery. So we felt like regardless of the race of the student or the ethnic background of the student, this would be an opportunity to just shine the light on HBCU athletics and how great the atmospheres are. So these students will be able to go out, you know, uh, 
Brian and uh, Roy and the crew will be able to get them together in terms of it's a formalized process. Students will be applying and it's an ongoing application. So we're looking for hopefully we have a few students chosen for SWAC Media Day. So we'll get a chance to talk with them live and in person. But these students will become a part of that content creator family for us. Boots on the grounds, not just football, but basketball, baseball, track and field, cross country, uh, lacrosse, if we have it, swimming, whatever we have at these institutions inside these states. And it's not limited. If we get a student that's out in Texas that said, hey, I really want to be a part of the BCSN family and help to actually put out there into the atmosphere how great these institutions are and how great our atmospheres are, I think that would be great. So led by Roy and AD and Brian and Dr. Cavill and Kelvin, this will be an opportunity for us to interact with some amazing students with an amazing company. And these students are in school online virtually all the time. So this is a unique opportunity for them because this gives them a space to go to. So they get to pick where they go, whether it's Tuskegee, whether it's over at uh, Alabama State, Alabama A&M, or whether they choose to show up at the Swag Meac Challenge or Celebration Bowl or, you know, Delaware State or North Carolina Central or North Carolina A&T. Those are spaces where we want to see them guided by Roy um, and AD and what they're going to do with the curriculum and the training of those students. And we're going to support those students and what they do, too. So this could not have been done without Roy's diligent effort and us constantly talking about ways to make things better and expand our staff organically, you know, growing from within and growing in partnership. Um, so, so, so let's be clear for, in terms of anyone who has a, a student, um, and I mean, are there any, in terms of grade, it could be obviously high school, ninth grade, up from ninth grade to a, to a senior or any restriction and then clarify again, the, the schools, uh, that the students sort of the, the base qualification for any high school student is what? Okay, so a student must be enrolled in one of our K-12 schools. So those are schools in Alabama, uh, Georgia, North Carolina, or Florida. So we have schools, full online schools in those states. So they'll be a part of that as the banner is rolling across to www.stridelearning.com. If your student is enrolled in a Stride K-12 powered school, they have access to this opportunity. And the reason why the opportunity is so powerful is because our students are spread all across these states in multiple counties and multiple areas. Secondly, we're going to focus this year around juniors and seniors. One, because uh, the appetite for it is there and there'll be some pre-work that students will be able to participate in leading up to them. They will have access to a student success coach that will work hand in hand with Roy to actually screen the kids and the interns before they get to us. And we'll have a really good grasp around with the support around that, they'll submit video submissions. They'll go out and do some things on their own that they've probably already been doing. And then they get the master Roy to just come inside of that and say, hey, let's critique this. Let's see how this screenshot is set. Let's see what you're doing here. And so for us, it's just giving the students that opportunity to actually go out and engage because they're not in a brick and mortar every day. They're not walking around a classroom or a building. So juniors and seniors enrolled in these schools. And I would say this. If a student is that interested, I would encourage all of them to apply for the opportunity. And if our student success coaches can work with them and coach them up and, and have their parents get them to the sites. But we really chose to focus around that junior and senior level because those are students that would probably more than likely be driving or, you know, have the wherewithal to get out to the FAMU, the Florida Memorial, Bethune-Cookman's uh, of the world. So that that's what we really are focused on right now. And moving forward, the expansion is just natural. 
It's probably going to expand into Mississippi. It's probably going to expand into uh, Delaware. All those spaces where kids can get to see our 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 beloved HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Kelvin, you got any any questions? Or, well, hold on. I I know Roy's got to go ahead. Roy, jump in there. This is I've been muted for my snoring breathing. Um, we're going to go ahead and get into this. Uh, that nobody hears but Brian. So, <laughs> but what I do want to say is that we have a, a lot of things going on. Uh, with this program, um, Brian, as you remember, we actually had interns from across uh, some different places. Of course, when we were in or- when we headquartered in Orlando, had uh, interns from several of the universities, Bethune, uh, Rollins, UCF, uh, who did a great job, and we did a lot of learning. We actually have a full-blown curriculum that we're also going to be working with Stride on moving forward. Because uh, you know, one of the things that we were actually looking at doing is our goal was to create the next generation of urban media people, um, journalists. We, we want creators, to create journalists. journalists. Yeah, we, we don't want to just do creators. Um, you know, we we have, you know, you guys know me, I'm a stickler on being actual journalists in the telling of our stories and doing things. So, of course, that's my forte. That's the part that I'm going to be pretty good at, taking the kids back, showing them some of the analog ways to do things that are still viable that you can do some stuff with to translate over. But God. we will be bringing in some specials, some specialists, folks who are experts in your TikToks and your reels and all of those kind of things, getting these kids to be able to talk to some actual prominent um, content creators as well and having the opportunity to really just get engaged in the growth of moving forward and helping us to tell the stories of our HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelvin, any, any questions, uh, Kel- Kelvin Rozier, actually, um, we, given the fact that we've got two Kelvins, anything you want to ask, uh, of Kelvin Carter? Uh, yes, I want to, I'm pretty sure some of the audience is wondering, uh, look, want to know a little bit more about the stride, uh, online school or program and how you can be a part of that. And, uh, well, so kind of, kind of talk about your, your, your program. Well, actually, so the banner is rolling at the bottom, and I'm so glad it's on there. They can go to our website, www.stridelearning.com, put in their state, and dial into the 1-800 number, and they'll give them the option or the list of these schools that they can go to. These schools are free, public, online schools. And what we found was, even coming out of the uh, post-pandemic, we had a tremendous retention rate because there were students who just really fell in love with the ability to learn from home, also be engaged with with their teacher. And so one of the unique parts about our schools is that we're not just a asynchronous space like we do trainings at work where you just go in and you watch a video. No, you interact actually the same way we're talking right now and the same way this screen looks. There's 24 other individuals around this screen in classrooms across the country every single day. So kids get up, have their breakfast, get ready to get logged in. And then they go into another system to where they would complete their assignments and their work. So we also previously did this as well with a drone program where we have had students actually get drone certified uh, through the F, uh, through, through the federal aviation, which is also really known as unmanned flight. And these students really did some amazing work around getting their unmanned flight certifications and, air, and aircraft licensure and really managed to produce some amazing work. So this has led us through time and trial and error around these types of programs and products to get us to the point to where we're able to partner with an amazing group such as BCSN. And hopefully we got the next level of journalists and, and, and social media influencers and content creators that'll be coming forth. Okay. 
All right. Uh, so I just want to just want to kind of remind everybody again that the applications are you have an opportunity to go now and apply. Uh, I know I put in the in the chats, I have put the link there. Now, I, I don't know if on <clears throat> I don't know if on YouTube, the link came through all the way. So I hope it did. But I know on our Facebook pages, the link is there. But you can also <laughs> go to stridelearning.com and uh, we'll make sure to retweet the uh, full press release, which will be coming out. Uh, we should have that released. If not tonight, it'll be first thing in the morning. And then, of course, the application process, which is there. Uh, I think if I read the timeline correctly, the applications are open until July 31st. So that you would have be, un yep. That would yeah, be for our have first First round of interns by the 31st, and then we'll reopen it again. That'll just get us a capture of how many students we'll have to get us up and rolling for the football season. And also the link to the application is inside of the press release. And so we'll tweet that out later and we'll put it out on all of our platforms. But this is live up and going. And I can't appreciate you guys, Brian, Kelvin, Roy, AD. I can't appreciate you guys enough for what you guys do and look forward to seeing everybody if in Atlanta, hopefully for uh, MEAC SWAC Challenge and as well as seeing you guys maybe at SWAC Media Days. Yes, indeed. We will be there for that. Um, go ahead. You're on mute, Roy. So if you want to get a point in there. Yes. So one other thing, actually, is we were talking about the uh, SWAC, uh, not SWAC Media Day, but the MEAC SWAC Challenge. Uh, Kelvin has graciously, this goes to the second uh, link that you guys see on there, the program that we've been talking about a little bit before with our teachers, where we have the space for the new teachers as well as existing teachers. If you are in the Atlanta area or you want to come to the Atlanta area during the MEAC SWAC Challenge, because that this year those schools are who again? Jackson State and South Carolina State. Jackson State and South Carolina State. Now, you don't have to be an alumnus of those schools, but if you, as long as you're a teacher and you sign up and register, for the free program, there it is again, that free professional development program, that free professional development program that Stride is doing with the Black College Sports Network, you will be entered into an opportunity to win two passes to the suite where the tailgaters and Calvin and the big dogs going to be hanging out and doing their stuff. So you'll oh. be able to come in and, and kick it with them. So uh, make sure that you go if you're a teacher, and we will verify that you're a teacher. Empl employed employed teacher <laughs> right <laughs> currently <laughs> sign up for those those classes but we have a lot of we, we have a lot of things going on um between kelvin and you know darren reed over there at, at stride we are super excited about the opportunities that we have and uh we actually are going to need to talk because that curriculum for the charter school that we have um sitting around our programs and different things Calvin, we need we need to see about how we may be able to turn that into an online learning situation and yes, uh, make it available to a lot of folks. So, again, want to thank AD. AD worked worked uh, with Kelvin to take my framework and make it what it needed to be for this program. So we're again super excited about it, and uh, thank you guys for allowing us a little time to come on and and talk about this magnificent program that folks can get their young people engaged in. All right, for sure. Uh, we'll make sure to pub that out. And I'll, I'll try to see if I can create a short little bit.ly link 
for the application as well because it is pretty heavy. So I, I'll try to yes. see if I can do that in one of the breaks. Uh, all right. Uh, again, Kelvin, uh, appreciate you joining us. Thank Roy, you. always good. good Thank stuff. you. Yeah, appreciate and, uh, it. Thank you, guys. One, one thing before oh, yeah. we leave. One more thing. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just be on the lookout for a guy named Tyler Macon, transfer out of the University of Missouri, three-star quarterback out of East St. Louis, Missouri, the new starting quarterback for the Alcorn State University Braves. We locked and loaded. We ready to go. <laughs> it's going it's to be, be a heck of a Get it in. Get it in. Get it in. Right. He, he tried to do that, didn't he, Kelvin? I, I see that. I see that. I, I've heard already so many different quarterbacks at Alcorn. So, anyway, yep. but all right, I'll do my research. Yes, I'll sir. Do my research. Research. Hey, hey y'all got an AD? Yes. We in room? Okay. Yes. Everybody's in room. President. Everybody's AD. in room. Nurse, everybody, every, everybody but the football Ooh, coach is interim. Dirty. Everybody but the football coach. Well, the way some, some, well, some, the way some of the Luna, it don't make no sense. But the way some folks are talking, he might be interim too. <laughs> he on a, he on a yearly basis. Y'all oh, rough, man. Y'all are gonna rough. Be the infallible, the amazing Steve, uh, Fred McNair, like that. It, right. it can't happen to Air One. So you know, I, I agree. The air is human, but you know we won't do yeah. that. We're, we're gonna keep breathing the air. The, the amazing place, the reservation. Unlike Roy wanted to call it something else today. So listen, phone. see, I wasn't even gonna tell that story, but see, now all right, <laughs> you're not gonna tell the story. Bye. We appreciate no, no, y'all. No, wait, 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 real quick. No. Uh, Ke Kenneth Roger, no, and you have to be an actual teacher now because the program is for people who are currently teaching. So I'm answering one of the questions that was in the in the chat. I see. So, all right, come in. Yeah. All right, appreciate you guys. All Thank right, you see again, you everybody. Kelvin Carter with Stride, of course, Roy Evans, Black College Sports Network. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, let's see. All right. Um, okay, so good stuff there. Wanna, again, want to remind you guys to make sure to uh, check that out. And again, uh, there's that link again here for, for teachers who uh, get an opportunity to make sure you go visit uh, bcsn.net slash watch slash stride all right uh we got to talk a little you know i figured there were a couple of topics that we'd get into here before we get to our next guest in the show and i we we i don't think we got a chance to talk about the swingman classic oh i, I don't know did we talk about it on friday yes or no i'm i know we talked about i talked about it on monday no we you and i didn't talk about it right all right Correct. yeah so of course all-Star Weekend for baseball has come to an end. Uh, the Swingman Classic took place on Friday to kick off the the um, the All-Star Weekend, and we represented quite well. Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, take a look. Take a look at these guys. Oh, these guys look great. Look at these guys. You yeah. got uh, Jam Michael Bastardo. I'm going left to right here. Jam Michael Bastardo. Uh, Ty Hanchi, Ty Jackson in the middle, Hunter Veets, and Jalen Niles all represented. I think uh, the guys in the white uniforms won four to three uh, over, uh, I guess, American versus National. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ty uh, Hanchi and Veets were on the other team. But uh, we had the most players from uh, any one particular school that was there. Uh, so that was that was pretty cool. And uh, how cool was it to see the opening pitch? Uh, Andre Dawson to Vince was it to Vince, to Vince Coleman? Like, 
two rattlers, two rattlers, right? I mean, and then I and then I know I saw Marquise Grissom that was there, another rattler. So uh, I, it, it was really and, and and I said this before. It's great the fact that King Griffey Jr. and King Griffey Sr. was there, by the way. But mm-hmm. we all know King Griffey's son is a part Ty. Uh, no, not Ty. Um, Teddy. Tevin, I knew it started with a T. There's so many ties in this picture right here. That's what got me thrown off. <laughs> um, Tevin, of course, is a is a part of the football uh, program. But I think, let me ask this: Do you think it, this, if if King Griffey's son is not an HBCU, does this event happen? I don't know, but thank God he is. And I have to say, it was very well attended too by the community. Um, the stands look pretty, pretty, pretty good for a major league ballpark for a game like that. And yeah, to see and see the kids, you know, asking for autographs from our players and the, our players getting that, that experience and being able to sign balls and stuff. Man, it uh, it, it looked like a very good um, event. And the people I talked to who went and and some of the pictures, you know, they said the Rattlers represented real real well you know we do have a contingent a west coast chapter of the alumni association and um i myself have family um in c in the seattle area so really so so there are there are there are you know decent representation of rattlers um within that that vicinity but man it was big man you know televised a lot lot of um and and a rattler got the first hit and then score the first run of the game too. Uh, exactly, that's right. <laughs> Ty Jackson himself, um, thanks to uh, FAMU Athletics uh, and I'm FAMU Baseball tweeting that out. Of course, uh, Ty got the first hit, the first run, and of course he even got the first steal of of the game. All uh, and of course, you know, Ty Jackson. We were, we were working trying to get Ty on the show, but. Uh, he was a little bit uh, busy playing summer league ball. So uh, we're going to find a time that we can get Ty on the show. But, man, how how awesome was that? I'm, I'm telling you, again, Ty Jackson, the guy who should have been SWAC offensive player of the year, hitter of the year, in my opinion. But anyway, it's it, it neither here nor there. He'll be up for the running next year. I know he will. Might even be. I'm just going to say preseason hitter of the year. Um. Yeah, some uh, Karen Griffin jumping in there. Uh, saw the great crowd as well. And um, uh, let's see. Uh, Jeremiah Clark points out the event still happens regardless of of his son. The ball was rolling before Griffey um, took it over the finish line. Okay, that's fair. I I won't I won't dispute or argue that. Um, hey, good to see good to see some Wildcats jumping here. Okay. Every day but one. That's right. That's how it is. That's love. That's love right there. Um, so speaking of that group that we just showed, how about this guy right here? This guy, Ty Hanchi, who of course was a part of this. Now, this was this is how cool I thought Major League Baseball was. They put they put in fact all of these activities along with their major league draft in that weekend, an all-star weekend. So you get the future stars, the present stars, and you have all these different cool events. Uh, props to Major League Baseball, who, by the way, Kelvin, just in yeah. case you didn't know, 
their ratings came out. They drew about a seven, seven million, seven point oh or something like that, which according to the numbers is the highest watched all-star weekend. So I know pe- some people will say, oh, the numbers of people watching baseball have dwindled. They probably have. You and I, I know me, for example, I used to I used to enjoy all-star uh, Tuesday night. I mean, I used to like really, it's a chance to see the stars from both leagues on one field, right? This was pre-social media, pre-every 20 million cable channels, right? Uh-huh. But still, to be the most watched All-Star game, when All-Star games, you know, nobody hits, nobody plays serious, you know, baseball still is doing it right because it's baseball. You you can't you can't cheat baseball. You know what I'm saying? You still got to play hard, hit, throw, you know, run, field, catch, throw, you you don't you don't get away from the basics of baseball. So anyway, uh, Ty Hanson. Now there was a handful of guys who did get drafted. I think I only saw maybe two or three uh, HBCU guys get drafted, and then um, Ty, uh, who was selected uh, or free signed an under, a free agent contract, excuse yeah. me, with the San Francisco Giants, and I, I think uh, he was one of two or three guys. You could go to BlackCollegeNines.com. I know they're doing a a a thing there. And then one little nugget here that I pulled out of the article that I read from Black College Nines and their MLB undrafted free agent article. It said all 30 Major League Baseball teams have the option to sign an unlimited amount of undrafted free agents. In 2020, signing bonuses were capped at 20,000. During the 21 draft, using the same format, the league removed the 20,000 cap on signing bonuses for undrafted players in 22. Signing bonuses for undrafted players will no longer be capped at 20,000. An undrafted player can receive up to $125,000. Any amount over $125,000 will count against a team's bonus pool. So, hey, man, Ty, Ty Hanchi, uh, hey, that's not a, that's not a bad piece of change that that he's going to get a chance to earn playing uh, professional baseball. So uh, congratulations to Ty. And, and we'll still – and look, there's still time. We 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 haven't seen – I know, you know, Hunter Veets is still eligible. Uh, Murray, uh, Zach Murray, still eligible. And I think I saw someone else's name on that list. I think Jalen Niles – might be on that list as well in terms of eligible players. So we'll uh, we'll see what what comes from that. But um, coming up here on the other side of this break, we're going to talk with uh, a Tallahassee native who is uh, the executive vice president and commissioner of what might be the next league that is an opportunity for HBCU players to get into. We're going to find out more about the Pioneer League on the other side of this break uh, break as we talk with uh, Henry Hunter on the other side. So we appreciate you guys hanging in. And we got a live strike tour, Houston strike tour update. For those of you who we're going to talk about the strike tour as well in the second hour. Uh, And I think we got Marcus in the building. So Marcus will be joining us. So we got a full show And uh, our guest coming up on the other side, hang in there. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone 
right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in just a moment. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean. Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471. thamptonlaw.com. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state certified teachers trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. It's Brian, Kelvin, and somewhere in the dark room in somewhere in Northeast America, it's Marcus Green. Marcus, good to have you joining us, as well as uh, Commissioner Henry Hunter. Um, Thanks for joining us, Mr. Hunter. And Marcus, good to see you again. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, so want to let people know uh, as as we get into talking here uh, with here with Commissioner Hunter, want to tell people just a little background on the Pioneer League. Of course, you can go to uh, pioneerleague.com 
and uh, find out about the Pioneer Baseball League. But it's a league that's been around since 1939, and it is operated in the Mountain States region as a Major League Baseball affiliate league. And, um, you know, the Pioneer Baseball League is intended to serve as a developmental league with no player on the active list, having more than three years of prior professional baseball service. Uh, each team is limited to a roster of 25 players. Uh, they play a 96-game uh, schedule. Uh, so, I mean, it's a, a lot of games, a lot of opportunities, and I'm I'm sure it's uh, – Beautiful, beautiful weather, uh, beautiful sights out there in the mountain region. So, uh, Commissioner Hunter, uh, tell us a little bit about your your league and, and, and then tell us a, a little bit of background about you in Tallahassee uh, so that folks who, you know, maybe remember you from the Tallahassee days uh, can, can, can reacquaint themselves with you. Right. Okay. Well, I'll start with the Tallahassee part, I guess, chronologically. So, you know, born and raised in Tallahassee. I grew up downtown by Myers Park. Uh, went to Hartsfield and then McClay. I think I spent most of my afternoons somewhere between Family High, Rickards, and TCC playing basketball. Uh, you know, went from there. Yeah, actually, funny, Mike Gillespie offered me a spot on the Family basketball team, but it was a little too close to home. And I wanted wow. to be somewhere where nobody knew who my daddy was for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so, so I ended up in Atlanta, played basketball at Emory. Um, quickly realized that if my sports career was going to continue, it was going to have to be something I could do sitting down because my knees went bad. My ankles went bad. I tore my Achilles. So I went to law school, you know, that's what you do when you can't play anymore. Um, was in DC at Georgetown law school when one of the Dean, I told everybody who would listen that I wanted to work in sports, you know, plan A was the wizards plan B was the Redskins and the Lerner family bought the Montreal Expos and brought them to DC at a time where I was happily uh, able to walk out of class and not come back for two years. And I spent the next two years at uh, RFK Stadium in the Nationals Park working damn near 70 hours a week um, and, and learning everything about the baseball operations because it was kind of a startup there. You know, the Nationals were, you know, a startup with, with a safety net is what I call it. You know, you got all of the infrastructure of MLB, but we didn't know what we were doing. And we were probably 20% of what the staff is now. And that was awesome for me. I was 24 years old with the keys to an MLB franchise. Um, so fast forward 10 years, actually 15 years. So I, I finished law school in 08 in D.C. And like anybody would, I got wrapped up in Obama world and did that for the next eight to 10 years. Um, the guy who was the senior vice president of the Nationals, who is now also the uh, general counsel of the Orioles, became the president of the Pioneer League. And he and I have been good friends. We had done some consulting work together. We had stayed in touch uh, for a good 13 years before I got another opportunity. And the day before he called me, I'd never heard of this league. And, you know, if I've been to 42 states, all four of these were ones I hadn't touched yet, at least three of them. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm doing my research. What is that? And then I realized it's kind of a similar opportunity because, you know, we got a, a 30, you know, 1939 history. We've been out there in those sticks since we weren't out there in those sticks, you know what I mean? Uh, but in 2000, Major League Baseball contracts the minor leagues, and they cut 25% or 40 clubs. We had eight, the only eight that stayed together as a league, as opposed to either folding or turning into an amateur league. So we now have this independent, they call it a partner league, through our relationship with MLB, and suddenly we had to figure it out for ourselves. Because before that, you know, we're affiliated. You know, the Cincinnati Reds call 
and say, I need you to pick this guy up named Marcus from the airport, give him, you know, 31 pitches, and I don't care what the score is. Don't let him throw a 30th. Don't stop at 30 and don't throw 32. You know what I mean? And so they were basically glorified hot dog salesmen. And then overnight, we had to build a league from scratch. So I started in March of 2021, and we had a May 25th opening day with no player contracts. We had no websites. We had no league rules. You know, four of the 10 teams were radio only on their broadcast. And so, you know, it was fun because, you know, they basically said modernize this league. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to make it like the stuff I watch, which is primarily the NBA. And so, you know, we, we got it off the ground. 2001 was a successful season. We broke all of our attendance records. We brought on two extra clubs, one in Northwest Montana in Kalispell up by the Glacier National Forest, and one over in Windsor, Colorado, about an hour and a half outside of Denver. So we're expanding. Um, in the three years I've been there, each year we've led all of the independent leagues in the number of players acquired by MLB clubs um, with about 30 to 40 a year. Um, and, and, you know, so we've got recent alumni, people like Hunter Green, Paul Goldschmidt, Jazz Chisholm played in our Missoula club for three years. Um, but we also got, you know, history from Cody Bellinger all the way back to Frank Robinson. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. When Frank Robinson got traded from the Ogden Raptors just outside of Utah to Savannah, Georgia, they did an interview with him and said, oh, no, you must be worried now. Uh, you're going to, you know, the deep south in the 60s or whatever. And he said, I'm not worried at all. He said, down there, they think I'm a monkey. Out in Utah, they think I'm the devil. <laughs> so, 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 but Frank was a trailblazer in our league. And, and so, you know, I say all that to say that, you know, I'm a fish out of water out there, and I love it. You know what I mean? They're, they're, and there are not many people that look like me in the league, period. We've got one black manager, Dave Clark, who is a Jackson State grad, played 12 years in the big leagues. Okay. His team has four Jackson State alumni on it. And one guy from, I want to say Grambling, and then two other black kids. So he's got seven on the squad, about four or five of them start. So we're, you know, we're making progress. We do an open draft twice a year, one preseason, one midseason. And, you know, I've kind of done my little underground marketing and we've had at least two HBCU guys drafted in every draft that I've you know, presided over. So that's been good, but you know, we're not doing enough net space and I'm you know, looking forward to talking about that more tonight. Um, but yeah, we're, we're in the middle of the season. Now we got five games, six games a night. One's a double header. Uh, I'm dealing with a lightning delay in one of the clubs right now. So it's everything. Um, I like it because it almost reminds me of franchise mode on Madden when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm doing everything from the merchandise to the TV show we did to, you know, fighting and suspending people for fighting. You know, I did the media deal. So it's just fun. They let me do everything I want to. Uh, and I've been enjoying it. Wow. But, and the one condition was I'm not leaving Miami. I'm still a, a Miami Florida <laughs> resident. I'm not, I go out there during baseball season. Only. Wow. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. Go ahead, Kelvin. So I want you to go a little farther where, where you was headed in terms of, you know, where the what is the trajectory of the league, right? Mm -hmm. So you talked about we just saw the HBCU Classic with Ken Griffey uh, that we were talking about in our earlier segment, and it was well attended, mm -hmm. um, and and um, there was some good baseball played. I mean, it was a, end up being a four three game. And there's a there's about four or five baseball classics that are kind of out there for HBCU specifically right now, mm -hmm. and I think um, 
they, you know, the HBCUs, you know, they need the most exposure or opportunities at an, at another level to be mm-hmm. seen. So mm-hmm. um, just talk about some of the things. Um, or, but I want you to talk about what the future looks like, the immediate future and long-term future. But mm-hmm. but I also want to know, when does your season start and when does your season end right now with the Pioneer, Pioneer League? We started May 23rd this year, and the last regular season game is September 12th. Okay. Probably about a, you know, depending on how long the series go, we'll be done by September 2025. Okay. Uh, but uh, to answer your question on your know, HBCU piece, I'm trying to get our uh, midseason tryout next year to be either at Jackson State or Tallahassee, but everybody says it's too hot in Tallahassee in July. But uh, but no, we're, we're doing more and more with uh, the coaches directly. I, I want to get a SWAC partnership together, but we're not quite there yet. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I also just joined the board of an organization that is you know, it's called the Fox Foundation for National Minority Combine Series. And basically what it is, is a bunch of wealthy guys got together and said elite black players should have the same thing everybody has. Um, so this is not, you know, their, their efforts that go to increase black participation all the way down to, you know, Little League, and that's great. This is to find that guy with big league potential and make sure from eighth grade on, he's got every private coach, you know, all of the technology, all of the travel ball resources access. So we're going and finding the best of the best right. and making sure that neither money, mentorship or anything else is is a hurdle. I mean, we've got Brian Jordan on our board specifically because we're targeting two sport athletes, because as you just talked about, they can only get a partial baseball scholarship. Right. So, you know, that's one of the angles. But it's interesting. And I, I want to actually get you guys help publishing this. We're doing events this year, September, every month starting in September in New Orleans, Oakland, Atlanta, and then Chicago at Bo Jackson's indoor facility in October. And so you know, these events, one day will be 11 and under, and the next day will be 12 and up. And we're trying to catch them early, you know, because, you know, baseball has now become a specialty sport. You can't pick up a bat yeah. in ninth grade and figure out how to hit a 95 mile an hour slider. You know, it just right. doesn't work anymore. So that's, I'm, I'm going to tie that. In. I say all that to say, I'm going to tie that into the Pioneer League and try to build this pipeline. And, you know, we're already doing a tryout in October. We're going to do our first postseason tryout targeted towards college kids that didn't get drafted. Um, it's not a secret that a lot of those are coming out of HBCU because they didn't get a fair look. And the way our model works is we find talent, we develop the talent, and we get a transaction fee when the MLB club comes to get them. We just sold two contracts. I always tell our, our, my staff, we don't sell players, we sell contracts. But we just sold two contracts to MLB this morning. And so, you know, that's half the business model right there is identifying overlooked talent. And, you know, some of these guys are former draft picks who got hurt or cut. We're trying to get back into major league organizations. You know, some of these guys are 29 years old chasing the dream still. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, we um, we welcome you know any partnership opportunities. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get me some of those LeBrons y'all got. <laughs> hey, so are we. So are we. So, uh, <laughs> um, hey, let me jump in for a second because you just mentioned uh, guys that were you know 29 still chasing the dream. Um, it's fine. I can't think. I don't know whether he came where he came from. There was a there was a young man out of who just joined Pittsburgh, playing with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Who I guess he was in the minors for oh, seems to be like a decade. And I, I think he finally got in. 
He got called up back in May, I think, or something like that, and finally got an opportunity. But anyway, that just kind of flashed across my my mind. Um, You mentioned Hunter Green uh, being another player that came out of your league, as well as you said Cody Bellinger, but you said there was another name you mentioned. Jazz Kism. Jazz Kism. Okay. Where's he play at? He's down here with the Marlins. He's he's an all-star from the Marlins. Okay. 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 Yeah. I, I know about Green. I mean, because he he's he's dealing. I mean, he's in the hundred. Uh, I seen him. I've I seen him destroy the Braves one day. It hurt my heart. But anyway, yeah. So uh, that's uh, okay. Okay. I, I Marcus. I know you're next. So go ahead, jump in there. I, I'll I'll circle back after your uh, question or two. Actually, I have. Uh, thank you for having me, and thank you for coming on, Mister Hunter. I guess I have two yeah. questions. Yep. Uh, the, the first one, as you were describing it uh, just now in terms of how you go out and get a player assigned to the league and the developmental piece, it sounds almost parallel to a lot of the history of HBCUs as it relates to developing our athletes. And I guess even more so in the uh, integration era when a lot of the Power Five schools could now recruit talent and we have to go out and find hidden gems or under-recruited players who have talent. How much of a parallel and what successes can you glean from HBCU success and vice versa? What HBC, what successes can HBCUs glean from the Pioneer League in order to continue to proliferate that model and make it be successful? Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree that it's a similar model. And, you know, like I said, after we lost affiliation, we had to go find talent. So, you know, at the team level, they got four or five scouts a team. They've all got relationships around the country and they're pulling in people. I was trying to democratize the opportunity by creating a league tryout. It's also a revenue stream for us that we built. But by having this open tryout to play pro sports, where the only criteria is that you can't have too much professional experience. So, you know, let talent self-identify. We call it betting on yourself. You know what I mean? And, and you know, we've got multiple guys that you know, started two or three years in a row after coming out completely unknown. Nobody knows who this guy is. And then, you know, I see Jeremiah's question. I was about to go there. It's the metrics now that allow you to standardize everything. You know, they, they've got the ability now to, you know, put a machine in Zimbabwe and throw you Max Scherzer's curveball and see and catch your bat speed and exit velocity. You know, that, that technology is there already. And, you know, as we know, they can make subjective statements all they want to about attitude or, you know, fat flipping the bat too much, or he doesn't play hard, or it looks like he's, you know, 96 is 96. Yeah. You know what I mean? A spin rate is a spin rate. A break is a break. And, and, you know, when you, you know, the more that it gets objective, the more you start seeing, Oh, who's that guy? Oh, he happens to be black. I don't care. Look at that. Look at that, you know, velocity. And, and so we've been doing a lot of that. And you know, that's part of the thing we're going to do with this combine, too, is just try to give everybody access to the metrics. So now when you come to a Pioneer League tryout, we've got partnerships with TrackMan and Yakertech that are both uh, ball tracking systems. And everybody leaves with a five-page PDF that has everything you did if you were a bullpen or a pitcher, everything you did as a batter from your 60 time to the average launch angle of your swing. And so, you know, even if you don't get chosen, you're sitting there with a brochure for yourself or with a guide for what you need to do better. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the other thing that, you know, I teach sports management at Georgetown some nights and I always put on my professor hat. So the first time I toured the league, I basically slid business cards through the fence for all the black players. 
And I pulled him aside. We now have a weekly meeting on Fridays where we've had guest speakers and all that stuff. And it's been really good because I'm basically a sports psychologist now. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny. But, you know, I pulled him and said, look, dude, you're in the Pioneer League in your mid-20s. Let's be honest. You're probably, you're, you're torn, you know, you're a bad outing away from Home Depot. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the next step. There's no demotion from here. And right. most of these guys, you know, Hunter Green is a gym. Yeah, so most of these guys are are um, and so I mean, come work for me. Yeah, you know I mean, come come do something in baseball ops and league office. Some do something with the media. Come be on our show or whatever, and just try to get them all to realize that they can be on the field for the rest of their life without putting cleats on. You know, what I mean, on you know around the game. You know, because I didn't you know, when I was in high school, I didn't know you could get away with you know watching baseball every night and calling it work. You know? All right, so, right, <laughs> but uh. What is that MLB cares about numbers? If you don't have name listen, you're right, Jeremiah. Uh, <laughs> I'm in the comments, sorry. Yeah, that's all right. No, we got we got some we got some good listeners. They, uh, it's a well well in tuned uh, group uh, that that we've got. Um, Marcus, did you have? Did I know you got a did 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 you get the second part of your question uh, asked in there, Marcus? I did. I it's kind of no. It's actually separate. I was just. It's not related to that, to that model, okay, but just in terms of the geographic area where the Pioneer League is based, how much of a challenge or is it a challenge in order to have continuous support, given that it's from, I guess, listening to some of the geography that's not close to a major metropolitan areas? Mm-hmm. Well, see, the beauty of that is, so we're, we've got four Montana clubs, Billings, Great Falls, Missoula, and uh, Glacier. The biggest of those towns is about 75,000 people. Uh, Colorado, we're in Colorado Springs, Grand Junction, Fort Collins. Idaho, we're in Idaho Falls. Boise is the biggest city in the league at like 105,000. And then Ogden is 20 minutes outside of Salt Lake City. But when you leave the Denver Rockies in Denver and you stay north of Arizona, you don't get to another pro sports team until the Seattle Mariners or the Oakland A's. So we're the only pro sports in Montana. We're the only pro sports in Idaho. You know what I mean? We're the family-friendly option down the street from the Jazz in Utah. And so with the history we have, I mean, we've got ticket holders that have been season ticket holders longer than I've been alive, for better and worse. Uh, and they don't want to buy them online either. They still go to the box office every day and have every stuff. But uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, in a lot of these communities, it's the largest public gathering space. So, you know, we host high school graduations on off days or – you know, monster truck things or whatever else. They had sleep-ins and golf tournaments in the ballpark. So, you know, it's when you're in some of these towns, you know, 48 baseball games a year is the most exciting thing that happens. And you know what's got me thinking about that, guys? We we talk – think about – I'm going to take this to our, to our world of college football, and we see what those programs in North Dakota and South Dakota are doing, mm-hmm. and we talk about the comparisons. People always try to say – what we aren't doing or what we can't do. Well, they're the large, they're the biggest show in those areas, you know, in North Dakota, North Dakota state is the biggest show up that way next to maybe South Dakota state now, you know? And so those schools are generating a lot of revenue. So I can see your, your, your league and these teams and these franchises drawing in uh, some big crowds on, on a daily and, um, talk a little bit about the media aspect because, you know, when you're reaching out, I think that's a, that's an interesting aspect because I think now when you have these players coming out of 
whether it be the East Coast or down South, you know, are, are they more apt to want to come out that way? Because, hey, your family can still watch you. They can mm-hmm. watch you all the time. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about how the your your, your increased media mm-hmm. and the things you kind of put together. Or talk about some of the things that you put together with your media mm-hmm. broadcast rights deals and how that's helped the league right. grow. So when I first got there, I wrote up this vision of a five-story house as a five-year plan. And the bottom floor was the foundation. So I spent year one making sure everybody had cameras, microphones, you know, literally power outlets to certain parts of the field, you know, just infrastructure. Um, Mm. Got everybody up on the stream, but some, you know, some were Vimeo, some were YouTube, you know, some were embedded on their websites, you know, some were Facebook only. And so, but everybody was available. Year two, we consolidated that, but we chose a free platform that didn't give us the ROI we wanted. So we were basically spending a lot of money to give our games away for free. And this past off season, we went to a company called Flow Sports with a proposal because we went and talked to the Atlantic League up in the Northeast. And we talked to the um, Frontier League, which is kind of the, the other part of the Midwest, you know, the Eastern part of the Midwest. And we consolidated all of our media rights and went to Flow Sports. So now when you go to Flow Sports, you can watch independent baseball from you know, 5 p.m. to 1 a.m., just, just moving across the country between our three leagues. And that gave us a pay-per-view model and a revenue stream. They now pay for our media rights. They, you know, we got all these commercials in and all these capabilities we didn't have, including the ability to give, you know, comp accounts to players back home. You know, I was looking yesterday. The number one state people watch from is California. Florida's number two. Georgia's number three. And the games are in Montana and Idaho. Awesome. You know, so uh, we had a... <laughs> Funny story. So we had a we did a program when we all lost our affiliations. Everybody had three hundred thousand dollar hole blown into their budget because they had to pay player salaries. So one of our clubs did a partnership with a Mexican league team, and we took uh, you know the the second level minor league team from Monclova, Mexico, and they played as the Rocky Mountain Vibes in Colorado Spring in our league. And you know I had their marketing people do something as simple as just tag tag the Mexican team in all of your Instagram, uh, Facebook posts, or whatever. And we come back at the end of the year, they had twice as many people watching their games in Mexico than Colorado. And so, you know, I've been thinking a lot about how to replicate that with a Korean group. And I've been thinking a lot about how to replicate that with a group from the Dominican, because we think we can, you know, it's, it's interesting because the way visa exchange programs work, if you got an individual professional visa, it's a headache. But if you come as a group of 25, it's considered like a, a tourist or a you know, cultural exchange. And so you can do the little experiment where all 25 of the Mexicans play together without looking like you're you know, engineering something. Um, but that's it. So, you know, so we've been doing that. We work, you know, and they let us do all kinds of out-of-the-box stuff. So I was on the couch one night, you know, texting my boys on Monday Night Football, watching Peyton and Eli, watching my fantasy team, you know, doing all this stuff. And I said, we should do this. So we created what we called the PBL Roundup Show. And it was a live, you know, thing on Wednesday nights last year. We took Tom Brenneman, the former ho- the host of the Reds baseball stuff. Oh, yeah. We had Bill Bavese, who used to be the president of the Angels and the Mariners, and then a comedian that I found from one of my college buddies. And they did this live show, three hours a night. We did, lo- uh, you know, look-ins on the games. We had Charles Barkley on the opening episode. We had Pete Rose on the second episode. Adam Jones came through. Bob Costas came through. You know, and we just kind of, you know, leveraged the network to do this show. Now, granted, I never had anything to do with making a TV show before. And 
you know, it was basically my baby. And we had all the production hurdles you would expect, this, that, and the other. And at the end, they kind of said, Henry, you try to do everything at once. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes we were talking about betting on baseball in the 80s. And sometimes we were talking about, you know, the Pioneer League stats leaders. And so we've, we've now, well, we've done two things. We've narrowed it to a show that's more focused on highlights and plays and the players because we all realize that that's what we're here for, to promote these guys to get to the next level. And nobody really cares what – nobody wants to watch me do my job. You know what I mean? They want to watch people play baseball. So we tried to get behind the players and make them the face of the league. We've been giving them the keys to our social media and saying, you know, go behind the scenes and that's the other. We're trying to do, kind of you know, step back as a league office and promote the players. We, we did a series on all the managers. Um, but the interesting thing is that the other – I think the third or fourth floor of the media strategy was content. And so we're now deep into a conversation with a streaming network that wants to do a show about our next expansion project. And we've got another studio that wants to use a couple of our ballparks as the backdrop for some of their fiction, you know, scripts. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, to Jeremiah's point about revenue, you know, there are only so many people buying hot dog and beer in Billings, Montana and getting the you know, 300 of them that aren't already in the ballpark ain't going to change the numbers. You know I mean, so right. we turn, our stream into a six figure revenue stream? How do we turn, you know, um, the jerseys into something? We did a deal with a company to do all the jerseys exclusively and got them for, you know, 30% off. Uh, we even went to the factory in China where they were making Rollins baseballs. We cut Rollins out of the deal, went to the exact same, you know, manufacturers, Stop did the wholesale, made our own baseball. Oh, put, nice. There you go. Put there our blue on blue laces on it, got it sponsored, um, saved 27% of our annual cost of buying baseballs, which is closer to 180 than, than 150. You know what I mean? Wow. And, and so, you know, just being clever. And, and, and now yeah. people have a souvenir now. Now they have a real souvenir that is like a keepsake, you know? That's what people go to the games for when they when they bring the glove. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we didn't even know. We started getting all these emails in our contact us, like, box saying, can I buy one? <laughs> you know, the third time I got one, I was like, no, but you can buy a dozen. <laughs> you know, we don't sell them individually we ain't going to the post office for that but but you know so it's been fun um you know we've learned a lot we've grown a lot uh the league office was the league president myself and two interns in 21 um 22 i hired two of the black players and we had another woman who ended up going on to the red sox both my players left me one went to the diamondbacks and one went to grad school but, uh, you know, that's, that's the point, obviously. And I'm going to go replace them with some other guys and get them out. But then this year, we did a partnership with Syracuse University because they've got the David Falk Analytics School and they've got the Newhouse School of Journalism, which is, you know, one of the best or whatever. Mike Tirico, all those guys. Right. Um, and they gave me an unlimited access to their interns. So I've got five media guys, guys and girls, five me uh, analytics people. And... It's just churn. I, I wake up to like, you know, uh, fully produced stuff segments. Like, what do you think about this? <laughs> you know, I should be up to 5 a.m., you know, clicking and adding highlights and stuff. So it's, it's, it's growing. And these kids are getting an amazing opportunity because they all take ownership of some major part of the operation. So like I got this kid from Brazil that does all of our analytics stuff and he's built a accuracy chart for the umpires because we consider ourselves an umpire development league too. Um, and yeah, so it, it's been fun. It's been really fun. So, so would you? So, be, oh, go ahead, go Mark. Ahead. Go, ahead, go ahead, Kelvin. Hey, well, well, I was just gonna jump in. Um, I'm listening to how you jumped in and and and, and brought the, all these ideas to the table. 
And um, one thing I thought about, I heard you say about camps uh, and trials and that kind of thing, uh, and that you lost what essentially being a, a direct feeder for teams in MLB. Mm-hmm. And I see an opportunity, of course, for you all to establish feeder programs uh, along with what, what you're already doing. And I would love to see you talk with the SWAC, MEAC, CIAA, SIAC, uh, the HBCU um, conglomerate, because they've actually, the conferences always have come together and they've talked about doing things collectively uh, and, and maybe seeing um, if some kind of um, feeder, feeder type situation can happen that way. Even um, in just, my email. <laughs> just, just, just throwing so, an idea out there. That, no, that's my plan. Is we got the high school piece now, the middle school piece. Yeah. We got the pro piece. The missing link is a college relationship, and the biggest wealth of college guys that are pro capable and overlooked by MLB are these HBCU guys. They also cut the draft from sixty to twenty rounds, so mm-hmm. just opened up you know hundreds and hundreds of guys that would have yeah. been you know short season single A players, but they've closed that league off, and they now come to us. And, you know, so it's, you're exactly right. That's the point. We're going to start with these young kids. We're doing it. And we got a lot of support from Tyrone Brooks, who does all the diversity stuff in MLB. Uh, Tony Regans, who's like the chief operating officer of all Major League Baseball. They, they've come, visit our ballparks, spoke to our players, done Zooms with my group and helped guys find jobs and stuff. And so they're very supportive. And, you know, it's, it's funny because we're out, you know, there are oftentimes games where we have more black people on the field than in the stands. Oh sure, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know that opportunity, you know. So and 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 you know the the predictable challenges are there, just like they are in North Florida. But right. the other side is fascinating because everybody has a host family. These people take them in, and you know I got a guy from Compton that was riding horses. They associated had six horses out back, and they taught him how to ride them. And you know he, he had one that he was responsible for. The shortstop had another one he was responsible for. And so we profiled him. Name is CJ. We did a whole profile on CJ. That is and awesome. in the comments, it was all his boys from home talking about, look at Django. Look at Django. <laughs> so, but, uh, but no, he's, in, uh, he's another one. He's on that All-American, uh, what's the thing on BNT, the HBCU sports show? All-American something, something? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah. I know what you're talking about. So we got, like, all our players have some side interest, which is always fascinating. So, so t- two things real quick, Brian, and then I'm out. Uh, What's the average salary uh, for someone who who makes a squad and say is a starter? And then um, what's your you know average um, attendance at a at a game? It's funny, that was actually almost the same number. I never thought about it. So we're the only minor league. Well, MLB lost that lawsuit last year and finally had to pay minor league players minimum wage instead of you know all the back pay for overtime before that we were the only minor professional league that paid minimum wage everybody else is somewhere below that and i'm thinking we're cheap because our salary cap is the minimum there's the highest minimum wage in the league which is colorado and our salary floor is the lowest which is idaho um so these guys are making 25 2600 a, a, a month um now i've been trying to be creative about that too we just did a deal with chick-fil-a where they're going to pay the players to be in the team's commercials and give them a little extra cash on that a lot of them do lessons around the ballpark with fans, kids, and stuff. So there's, you know, there's built-in hustles, but yeah. but you're getting from the team, you're getting minimum wage, uh, and an opportunity to go to the next level, gotcha. and free housing, you know. Okay. Um, and the attendance is, 
we've got extremes. We've got a club that averages 3,500, and we've got a club that's playing in the temporary ballpark because their new one wasn't finished, and they might be less than 700, 500. You know what I mean? So it's it's average is probably between 2,400 and 2,700. Okay. So All right. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I want to tease something, but I can't, but we're about to move into a major <laughs> metropolitan market. We're about to move into a market as big as all 10 of the ones we're in now put together. And so that, that's when we're going to start making splashes. Well, hold on. Still, 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 in the, still in the region that you're in, right? Still in the, the pioneer region, huh? It will, it will be an expanded region. Um, See, we can we – can, uh, I can't can, wait to come back and talk about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a we're good gonna, team, We're going to guess after you leave. Look, I'm going to go look at a map. Somebody told me I need to go look at a map anyway. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to I'm – when I go look at a map to figure out what Monroe, Louisiana is, I'm going to try to figure out what uh, – what uh, what area you might be talking? I bet I can figure hey, it out. Hey, I I, I remember the, what, the one thing you said when as far as media, the number one market is California. Florida was sucking, so I kind of got an idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least uh, late. Think about where it would be worth a documentary about a new minor league team coming, and text me after this. Don't say it online. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Um. Wow, it's it's like, and, and and just the, and you've only and this is two to three years of of work that you've put in, correct? I'm, yeah. I'm just so I was itching because, like I said, when the Nationals thing didn't work out, I spent from 2008 until 2021 trying to get a pro sports job. Yeah. I interviewed with the Heat, I interviewed with the Orioles, I interviewed with uh, the Falcons, the Redskins. You know what I mean? And so I was looking for this gig. And I had so many pent up ideas that I just fell in this with a sense of urgency. Like, you know, what I mean? it might be 13 more years before I get my next opportunity. So I'm putting points on the board immediately. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, you know, my boss is one of the most supportive people I've ever worked for. And he just gets out of the way and says, you know, if you think it's a good idea, try it. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh, what, what fascinated me the other day. So this commissioner thing, by the way, is, I was already doing all these roles. The guy that was commissioner for 30 or 40 years retired at the end of last year. And I had kind of taken over stuff before the end of last season. Um, so at some point we just looked around like, you know, it's easier to explain than executive vice president, but somebody texted me and I got to find out if it's true. I think I'm the only black commissioner of an American professional sport, which is crazy. Now, now, my buddy said the Negro, Negro Leagues, and I got to go do that research. I know they're amateur for a while, and they merge and blah, blah, blah. But And I know the AFL is coming back next year with a black commissioner. But You and Ice, you and ice Cube, that's it. That's crazy. You and Ice Cube. You and Ice yeah. Cube, that's it. I mean, like, my parents are supposed to be the first. I'm not supposed to be the first black person to do anything. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, right. Here we are. Hey, uh, you're making moves. I, I got so many. Look, I, I can nerd out about baseball, so I may have to. We have to. I, I may have to reach out to you offline, um, because I, I am fat. Look, if I can do this real quick before we let you go, I got. I, I'm curious about the whole structure of baseball because baseball got rid of the minor leagues, and I used to follow. I used to live in a minor league city, Indianapolis, AAA mm-hmm. club, right? Mm-hmm. And so I used to, but always, but you always used to follow. Double A, single A, uh, and the rookie league—I think is what they used to have. So, what is still for for those uh, who are old heads? What is still there? And obviously, your league 
is now what has come in and sort of replaced a lot of those. But what what is still there? Uh, minor league double A up, um, and 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 I think there's double A, triple A. That's pretty much it, right? There's a reconstitution of single A and like these draft leagues and stuff. But what they've really done is put all the lower level players at these combines in Arizona and Florida. And because the metrics and analytics people have taken over so much, they think that they can go down there and do drills all day, barely even scrimmage, and and you know improve. And our whole value proposition is we're going to put you in a ballpark in front of stands. We're going to keep score and have a playoffs. You know what I mean? Let you play competitive baseball with people watching instead of sitting there in a, in a batting cage trying to see what your exit velocity could be with nobody you know pressuring you. Um, it matters. Yeah. So, so yeah, but but the popular assumption is that they're going to contract again at the end of uh, this season. And, you know, everything's rumored until it happens, but we've been trying to position ourselves to be a very attractive destination for some of these clubs that are going to find themselves as orphans in October. And if we do that right, you know, we could go from 10 to 17, I mean, 10 to 18 or 16 real quick. And you've got a model now in place that says, this is why we are successful. You come into our model and look what we've done with just our 10 clubs. Right. right. And every deal I did has an automatic, you know, inclusion of the next expansion team. So, you know, you're not joining our league and going to find your own jerseys. You're not going to our league and going to find your own strip. You know, everybody is now under, you know, I one know roof. And, but because we basically had to recreate the collective bargaining power that we had as part of MLB. You know, we were one of 120 before. And suddenly we're, you know, eight individual entities that could never survive on their own, right? I mean, you can't play baseball without somebody to come play you. So, you know, everything from the boring stuff, like our our player health insurance policies, all the way up to the sexy stuff, like the streaming network, we just, we're stronger together. And yep, it's been fun to tie it up. Hey, uh, Commissioner Hunter, man, you, you, you come in and dropped, uh, dropped some great stuff. You got folks wanting to get rid of, Get rid of folks. You know, they're ready to, they're ready to hire you into <laughs> conference commissioners, man. Folks, folks, folks have heard you say some things that are like, whoa, why aren't we doing that on the football level? Why aren't we doing that at the college level? Hey, send, hey. send me some LeBrons. <laughs> I told you, I already got a lot of places to stay in Leon County. So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, um, wow. Let, let people know how they can reach out to you. Obviously, outside of PioneerLeague.com. If people want to reach out to you, communicate, are you are you active on social? Put let let's yeah. share that with um, you. Want to put it in the chat or uh you, you'll just sure. say it and I'll and then I'll, my, I'll uh, my email is hunter at pioneerleague.com. Oh you you let people email you, huh? You okay? You okay? I you know, I, I my motto is return every phone call, return every email, because somebody did that for me one day. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then, you know, Instagram, I don't do as much as I should with it. I'm about to give it to one of my interns, but it's pbl.commissioner. I just had to update it. It was VP like a couple months ago. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm around. I'm accessible. And if you call them from 850, I'm going to answer every time. All right. pbl.commissioner mm-hmm. on Instagram and hunter at pioneerleague.com is the email. So those of you who are listening and and you want to throw some good ideas and and follow along. And again, uh, check the website and the the street now. And in, in terms of your streaming and the games, mm-hmm. is all of that through 
your web page or do you are you active with a it's, with a YouTube page as well? It's called Flow Sports F L O. Oh, that's right, Flow Sports. I, I, I remember it. But um, I got two shameless plugs before you pull me before you cut oh, me off. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, we're having a tryout in Colorado, July twenty eighth and 29th. I know it's short notice. There's still spots available. Um, there's a shuttle from the Denver Airport. We all of our teams commit to drafting ten players from every tryout. And we, I've adjusted the roster rules so that they get an extra roster spot if it's a tryout player. So that's the value proposition is that you're actually going to get a chance. Um, and if you can't make it to Colorado three weeks from now, understandably, on our website under players, there's an interested prospects form where you can submit, you know, baseball reference links, you know, you know, SWAC uh, information, whatever, whatever. You, basically, you submit a baseball player's resume and it automatically goes through the league office. Once we confirm he's eligible, every manager and GM in the league will see it. We'll see whatever you give us, videos, references, whatever. And so that's that's another way I'm trying to, like, open the door to the league and not have it be a, a good old boy, you know, oh, I heard this guy is good type thing. Uh, so. So, any, so anybody who wants to participate in the trials, they just need to where go to pioneerleague.com? Or email me, and I'll figure it out for them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. nice. And, and you said you had one more. It's, it's your it's your time. We appreciate you, you joining us. What's the other one you want no, to do? No, the other one, too, the trials and the prospects one. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, you know, there's, there's always an opportunity to be seen by the, by the clubs in our league, especially if you're a pitcher. <laughs> okay, hey, I, I I know a couple. We know a couple pitchers. Uh, people can uh, people can make some recommendations. Uh, hope hopefully a couple of our guys are are watching. We know they watch the show, or at least their parents do. So I'm gonna leave that up for a minute or two, and uh, hopefully they uh they they reach out. I'd I'd love to see uh, some some rattlers that are still waiting. To, to find out if they're going to get drafted. I'd love to see them uh, take you up on that opportunity. No yeah, doubt. we got, I know we had three Rattlers at tryouts in Arizona in, in April, but I don't think any of them made it. Um, I can only put my hand on the scale so much. But, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, we're overdue for some. There's way too many Jackson State guys in the league. Hey. <laughs> Maybe some green. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But, uh, all right. Well, hey, uh, that's good stuff. So, um, I appreciate you appreciate you sharing that information and mm. and again thank you for coming on with us tonight and uh, man I look we anytime you want to share some stuff obviously yeah. between our yeah. show we're part of the Black College Sports Network so we've got a host of other shows so uh, you know Kelvin I'm gonna he can put well, I I've got your email so I'll, I'll reach yeah. out and anytime you got something you want to pub or if you want to try to do something you know we'll, we'll talk let us know I, I would love to do whatever you let me do I, I you don't have to ask me twice to talk. <laughs> all right. So, so you have me. I'll come back whenever you ask me to. Uh, all right. And look forward to it. And I'm, we're going to talk offline too because I really want to follow through on that Slack partnership and, and okay. some other stuff. Hey, we want to we want to help however we can. So we appreciate you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Commissioner Henry Hunter, uh, PioneerLeague.com. Make sure to check him out. Make sure to uh, show support. Hit him up on uh, Instagram. Uh, that's PBL.Commissioner on Instagram or hunter at pioneerleague.com. Hit them up on the email. Uh, thanks for your time. Uh, have a good night tonight, all right? My pleasure. Just hope that uh, I don't have to do too many uh, umpire ejection reports in the morning. Oh, <laughs> I got, man. Yeah. I got yeah. 250 guys on the field right now. What could go wrong? Yeah, I forgot. Like, it's, it's, uh, you're, 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 you're paying attention to games that are in mountain time, so they're like two hours just now getting started, right? We're in the second inning of three of them, the fourth inning of one. 
and the third any other, but who's who's watching? <laughs> I, hey, look, I, I see, I see it. Look, I know the eyes when you got multiple things going. So I, right. I see you got like five different things going on. But we appreciate your time tonight, Commissioner. Appreciate you. The pleasure of mine. Look forward to doing it again soon. Absolutely. All right. All right. All right. Hey, that's a that's what's up. That's what's up, fellas. Hey, good, good, good. Uh, good pick there, uh, Kelvin. Brought that one in the in the building for us. Uh, good job, good job, man. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed that. Uh, appreciate you, appreciate you, Jeremiah. Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully you definitely some uh, Jackson State love in there. Thank you, Melissa, as well. Um, appreciate the love and uh, yeah, hey, you know, share share that information, folks. Yes, with, um, we got to support this. Yeah, we, we got to support this. this. is Because this is a potential opportunity. First of all, like he said, he's the only black commissioner uh, in pro sports, number one. But second of all, this is a, a truly a, a ground roots opportunity for our our programs and our conferences uh, to be a feeder to the to the next level. So we, we, we need to see this grow and, and, and happen. Um, I'm, I'm curious what the, look, I can't remember what was it that he, and you guys in the chat room, you hit us up. What was it? He said that got you buzzing. Cause some of y'all were off the chain in there talking about, Oh, we need you to this conference or we need you. Hey, look, I, I, know, I, sus- I suspect I, it's the flow sports deal. Was it? Mm. When he started well, talking, I, I suspect he started talking about meteorites and things like that. You know, that's, that's the thing that gets people. Buzz excited, so yeah. I'm guessing I, I'll say yeah, this. I'll probably... say this about I'll say this about flow, right? And I'm I'm a little conflicted about them because I after listening to and talking to the guys uh uh Dave over at uh uh oh man Dave and his uh the Aggie uh North Carolina A T uh what what's mm, the name of his page? Super Dave. Super Dave on uh, who, who covers he does a great job covering North Carolina A&T. He talked about a little bit of some of the numbers from flow that have, you know, for them. It sounds like it has worked. I my question is, I, I know, for example, the SIC. Had a deal or still even probably has a deal with flow, and I just know mm, the reviews haven't been great. Okay, but I get the concept, though. The concept could work. And so, again, it just it just depends on that's the big thing about subscription services versus. uh, (laughs) Yeah, Jeremiah, (laughs) the subscription services versus um, the the non-subscription. Okay. Uh, that's where I, I'm going to tell you that that's an interesting thing there. And, and again, money talks, you know, I know, I know, like I said, and, and that's the, some people will jump at a check uh, and then some people will understand there's an opportunity to, you know, do some things, um, with with growth with higher growth ceilings you know so brian i i, I know where you ch- kind of going around the edges yeah 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 you go ahead i'm gonna say this nah, I'm, you know, say it. I'm some, not gonna say it. well it's just sometimes it's about fit though i i would tell you 
some deals and some companies, it they can only control and execute what they're allowed to control and execute. And so you can have the same deal with two different institutions or conferences or what have you, and it can have different results based upon how the environment is of those two 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 places, you know, because I've seen it firsthand where the 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 vision is there, but there's not the resources to execute. Mm-hmm. Whether that be people, whether that be money, whether that be the culture of the of the uh, program, you know, a lot of unfortunately a lot of HBCU athletic conferences and schools, but but especially schools, they're not they don't necessarily have control of all the decisions, and they need that control of those decisions for their departments in order for to maximize you know the resources you you, you get what i'm saying yes yep yeah I, I i i got you i got what you're trying to say all right um i'm waiting on word on whether we're gonna have our live we had planned on having uh some live feedback from the strike tour that's happening right now in Houston. Uh, my man on the ground, we got somebody boots on the ground there that's at the um, at the actual strike tour. And so I just got a picture here of check, one of the checks. I don't know if it's the final numbers or not. Um, so let's, let's kind of talk about that for a second, the strike tour, uh, which happened let's see i don't know if my slide came in here the strike tour actually um started in jacksonville yesterday last night last night uh, strike tour so it was jacksonville last night houston tonight dallas tomorrow and then after swack media day uh right before the end of the month they're going to be in Miami, South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, right? So some of the – I'm going to talk about that for a second. Talk – anything you guys want to add about the strike tour, anything you want – and like me, it'll give me a second to kind of pull up something. Well, the strike tour is 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 essentially – it's something that has been happening probably consistently for about the last, let's say, eight to ten years. And um, is where the AD, usually the sport coaches, football, of course, but uh, other coaches that are part of the tour, depending on where they go. And and it's just a way of connecting with the fan base, the alumni boosters in in those areas where we have the biggest concentration of rattlers. And generally those people reach out to the university and have their department saying, hey, if you come here and, and do a speech, we're going to raise money and you all the money goes back with you to the athletic department. So for instance, last, uh, yet last night in, well, in Jacksonville, the, the total was 21,000, but that total I know is running because they have a, a link also yeah. for people who weren't able to make it. And, uh, I know some people who weren't able to make it and they didn't get the word about it in time. 
so they didn't even know and so they're they're so so they're giving through that i know houston uh where now they, they are tonight they, they got a link already up uh yes for, there, there for, is a link it's on the famu yeah. foundation on the famu mm -hmm. foundation page and it'll say strike toward jacksonville so specific yeah. for the jacksonville group now if you had been listening to our show even two weeks ago we told you when A.D. Sykes and the strike two was happening. Did we not? Matter of fact, I even tweeted it out after A.D. Sykes had her town hall meeting at the end of June. June, I think that was. So, you know, you, you folks in Jacksonville who have missed out, you, you got to tune into the show a little more regular or you got to make sure you're following us on Twitter. Because we put that out there. We told you. Now, in terms of where, I don't know where they had this. This, And, and you can see this is from last night. You see Coach Simmons there on the left. Uh, looks like that's uh, Lawson in the middle. Uh, A.D. Sykes to the far right. Okay. Um, and then la here's – this is fresh from today. This is today – um, just minutes ago, and just in case you can't see, that is a check for $20,000 from the Houston chapter. So uh, that's uh, 20 Gs there raised already from the Houston chapter. And, and that probably, like you said, is an ongoing, ongoing thing. By the way, that's my classmate. Who put that together? Dr. Humphrey's uh, youngest son, youngest child, Lawrence, standing next that next there. Lawrence Humphrey standing next to uh, Coach Simmons. Uh, third, second to the right. Right, right next to Coach Simmons on on the uh, if you're looking at the picture to the right, yes. Okay, so that'd be the second. That'd be second to the right. Um, mm -hmm. That's okay. Okay. Yeah, and I think uh, my uh, my good friend. I'm not mistaken. That's Fanu. That's Fanu High classmate, by the way. He graduated from the high. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So I'm not like I said. I know he he texted me and told me that they were still doing the um, the Q and A session, and this was as of 15 minutes ago. So it may have gone long, and so I was hoping to kind of get a a live. But, you know, we're coming up on that portion of the show where we need to start winding it down. So we're definitely uh, – so Dallas Dallas is on for tomorrow. So we're going to see what Dallas does. Now, I don't have the start time for the Dallas portion of things. Uh, maybe I would imagine these have been starting around 6 o'clock, uh, whatever local time, 6 or 7 local time. So you, any of you Rattlers in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, check with the national alumni. Uh, check, check their Instagram, check their Twitter, and see if they've posted any information about when the, the time on the strike tour is coming to Dallas. So, um, all right. Um, let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about for a second uh hold on yep i think my buddy uh let's go to uniforms let's do a little uniform thing because some new photos came out 
that um, we'll talk about these puppies. You guys are all excited about these. Um, what do you want to? And and so we got those are the new LeBron cleats. Obviously, that uh, that photo. Talk about those for a second, guys. While I finish up, I'm I'm communicating with our our special guest who may be trying to uh, get on here. Right. Go ahead, Marcus. I like, I like them. I wonder if there's either an orange or a white counterpart because the only ones that I've seen are the green version. So, you know, when it comes to mixing, matching, combinations, you know, depending on which ones we have available to us, I think it it just adds to the overall combinations that. It will have in a different looks that we have. So I'm excited, but also excited about the fact that, once again, as Kelvin's mentioned in the past, that LeBron's breaking new ground with a he's starting his his football uniform apparel with us as the the bell cow. So wow. going forward, you know, being the pioneer, you know, being a school of first, you know, hopefully be, this will be one of many, but we'll always be known as the first LeBron school. Yeah. Yeah. So so. I was going to talk about, so these are not official LeBron uniforms because, you know, the whole production, everything is started from scratch. There is no LeBron football division when, when this deal first came together and everything. So all that has been put together. So in the meantime, the, 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 what they've done is kind of tweak the existing uniforms we've had. And so as you can see, um, they, they decided to put some stripes on some of the white pants and um and i i think they've got a a different patch in what they're doing with the jerseys a little bit um but um so they're making tweaks to our current inventory until that uh production rolls out full fledged probably uh hopefully by next season with all lebron football gear but uh again Looks good. Um, you can see the green LeBron cleats. I think the the white ones that they have on are just regular white Nike cleats at this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, I mean, you 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 know a rattler when you see one. Very <laughs> very distinguished uniforms. Very distinguished uh, mascot. Appropriate appropriate for a program with the tradition of FAMU. Now I read, or I was told, or I, I was having a, I was having a discussion with uh, uh, somebody on Twitter. Um, I think it's my guy at Penalty Talk. Um, the orange, what you see, and of course that's so. Of course, starting in the top left there, that's uh, Javon Morgan, number two, Kendall Bowler, number three. I'm going clockwise here. Down in the bottom right corner, that's. Uh, Kamani King, oh well, that, in, in, yeah, Kamani King is in the orange jersey, right. and then number eight is Eric Smith. Okay, um, so the combination that Kamani Kamani King is wearing, that orange top, green pants, has not been worn in a while, at least a couple of seasons, from what I've been told. And I, I just, I just know that you know we've got at least about nine different comp. I think 
let me see. This is your, you're looking at four combinations now, but if I'm not mistaken, I think there are like nine different combinations. Uh, Cause you got these four, you've got the all whites. Well, and, and here's another thing. If you got, you got to count the helmets too. So that's another thing that kind of adds to the combinations here with the uniforms is you can go with, uh, well, now you can add the cleats into the mix too, because you can go different helmets. You can go different cleats. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of different combinations. I, I think we're, I think we're on the precipice of really getting a lot of love from the, the site to track and follow the uniforms and stuff like that. I think we're going to be in for another, another uh, major, some more awards and more recognition from people who track this stuff. Uh, which I mean, look, I, I mean, there's nothing fresher than than some some good looking uniforms, and, and we do look good. What I, yeah. I I like the stripes. I like the stripes on the on the white uniforms. I I don't think I'd like them as much on the orange or green pants. Um, but that that is tradition. Um, you know, back in the '90s and '80s, yes. you know. We in, in in the sixties. I mean, we had stripes on the on the pants to go with it. We didn't always have the stripes on the, down the middle of the helmet, right? That's true. We did not. So, I so still we, want us to when we think about ahead. the different. When you look at some of those older videos, and of course, if you go to Rattlers Plus, you'll you'll see some of the different uniform looks that we've had. I still a I miss the uniforms with the script Rattlers on it. Uh, I, I'd almost I'd almost love to see a maybe script Rattlers on one side with the logo on the other side. I think that would be pretty dope. And then I also miss the uh, the white the white uh, the white stickers, the 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 uh, the achievement stickers, the helmet stickers, that, the helmet mm-hmm. stickers. Yeah, that uh, now that was big during the Billy Joe era. They still do them, but I think they're 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 more clear. I don't think they're white. I, okay, if you've if you've seen them, they don't do it as much. But they still they still have them. at least I, I know at least up two years ago they they had them. I have to go back and look at last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that script. I want to say that was like. No, oh, you missed. You, you, you didn't like the. You didn't like the. You didn't like the. You didn't like the Rattler script. Mm-mm. Just me personally, I didn't like it. I was like, eh. okay. Uh, I thought it was pretty. The, these are clean. These are clean, and you can and they match better mm-hmm. when you switch them up. And, you know, sometimes less is more, and I think how we simplified our uniform. I think it's clean. It's beautiful. Um. It, it makes sense, and of course, uh, we are always one of those programs. And when you go look on social media and so forth, folks who, who um, you know, look at this kind of stuff and rate them, we we're always like in the top ten, top fifteen of uniforms, helmets, all that. And that that's not just HBCUs; that's everybody. Yeah. All right. Um, a couple other notes here. Got to make mention of this young man. Uh, 
Tyler Ascano, uh, who recently uh, committed. Now, Marcus, what do we know about Tyler? Where did Tyler come from? Obviously, he was participating in the under-20 USA track and field. Where did he come from? Where, where? Uh, he's a high school. Start, he's a high school. Yeah, he's a high school kid in Florida, right? Yeah, I think he's from Central Florida. I'm, I'm trying to nail down the exact school. And I know he's I, I run a couple events unaffiliated. And so I'm trying to track down exactly. I did see some track times for him. From Yeah, this, this uh, is from I'm so trying to look it up now. Well, I got here. I'm gonna while you're looking it up, here's a video from the semifinals of his appearance. This is the semifinals, the 100 meters. Tyler is in lane nine to the far left. And East Ridge High School, Claremont. East Ridge okay. High School, yeah. Claremont. And I can't tell if he's can't tell if he's class of 22 or 23. All right, because I had to look up Tyler, his his information. Yeah, Tyler ran a 10:33 in this. This was the semifinals, and then of course. Going back to this, the picture on the right is from the finals where he ran a 10.09. Actually came in second. Um, photo finish. Yeah, almost a photo finish there. And he finished in second. So uh, there's an article that's uh, linked in the um, uh, USA, uh, well, FAMU's track and field Twitter page had posted a, a link that he's going to be participating in. in, in uh, where is he going to be at, Kelvin? I know we just saw this thing. In uh, Panama? No, not Panama. Why did I say Panama? Um, anyway, we, we he's going to be participating uh, somewhere. But, hey, uh, let me let me transition because I got my guy here, uh, Jawanza Green, who's going to drop us with – some live post game, uh, boots on the ground, live from the Houston Strike Tour event. So let me bring Jawanza in. And uh, Jawanza Green, are you there, my brother? How you doing? Yes, I am. How are you all doing this evening? Ratlas, how y'all doing? <laughs> it's, it's What's up? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing fine. I just got back from the Rattlers Den and a bunch of venom was spewing. Man, we I just see. got it on. I see. Yeah, you, you come in fired up. That was oh, hey, hey uh, so give us a, give us a sense of what 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 the vibe was like of the night, Jawanza. Talk, talk to us. Oh man, the AD Tiffany, man, she just came in with. I'm talking about high energy, man. She got everybody, you know, man, up and you know had some of that good old rattler spirit going on, and you know said we needed to give till it hurt, and just kind of explained to us. You know, I was talking to Brian and I, I I didn't understand some of the shortfalls that they had. And I was telling him, that, you know, uh, hey, uh, the scholarship people would have it. But then he started to break down uh, the coach, how now they give you money to go home if you're if you don't like stay in Tallahassee. And they said, we don't have enough money to pay our athletes as other people have that stuff they didn't do back when I was in school. So that could have been a thing. I said, well, you know what? Brian was right. Perhaps, you know, a student athlete would leave and say, hey, look, because he said right now they don't have the money to pay our athletes like that. He said Jackson State, they pay their basketball players this. 
Um, and he named, uh, I think, Alabama State as well. But we don't. We don't have much out of thing for basketball nor football. So, um, you know, they, they would just hammer that home that we need money. Did they give a they give a number or they just they just they just whatever we whatever we take. Hey, we we not turning out anything but our collar. That that was the uh, sentiment <laughs> that they left with us tonight. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you sent us this great photo of of the check, uh, twenty thousand dollar check. Now was that the was that the that that the sum or was that the just like the starter check? Look, let, let me tell you, I think that's just where they started because people, there was a line and they would, by the time they took that picture, people were still in line giving. So it's going to be more than 20,000. I think what happens is we have four or five FAMU board members that are here and they have to give so much anyway. They tell them when you get invited. So they already had that money up there. What everyone else gave is going to be on top of that. And I'm sure they'll let you let it be known next year. Like they let us know what really I think we gave twenty seven or twenty eight last year. They say it, but that that final tally won't be until after tonight. Um, the what's the what's the we we talked about this offline, uh, Jawanza, but uh, the what's the excitement of Houstonians for FAMU actually coming to Houston or to Texas, and and we talked about how long it's been since FAMU football has come to Texas. And uh, just, let's just let, let people in on what, and, 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 and it's been a long time, has it not? Oh, yeah, yeah. My, my parents came here in 74. My dad came here in the University of Houston. He was not only a graduate of FAMU, but he was a professor at FAMU. And so Dean Mobley said everybody had to have their PhD. So they found him this little program. He was the first black person to get his PhD and University of Houston. So they came here in 1974, two Rattlers together, no family here, really not even any friends, no other Rattlers that they know that were here at the same time. So they got here in 74 and they hadn't seen the Rattlers here since. Mm. So I was I was checking with Dr. Cavill. He thinks it's somewhere in the 40s, the last time a Florida AM football team has played in Texas going back to possibly the 40s. Um, so we're, we're looking at a, let me see, 74. That's almost 50 because I'm that's about the same year I was born. So that's 50. So we're talking probably, what, at least maybe 70, 75 years plus maybe? My dad was born in 47. And that's, you know, he's 75. And yeah. so, yeah, so that that's, that's going in deep. Man, so... What, what, I mean, were they, what, what's obviously that's a big game. What's the, what's the vibe like in terms of the alumni, the people there? I mean, is that game going to be sold out uh, in Texas Southern, wherever they play that game at? We will sell it out. So we played Texas Southern, the basketball team here in January. Yes. The Texas Southern Tigers are still talking about it. I get people, oh my God, look, we'll, we'll play y'all twice in Tallahassee. Just don't bring that back here. They, we took over their gym. They, they did not understand. They said, you know, if we got one brother that teaches over there, that's a rattler. And he said, I tried to tell him. He said, I tried to tell I wore him. I wore all my family uh, stuff the whole month because he said, I'm trying to prepare you, prepare you all for what's about to happen. And he said, they still weren't ready. They came back and said, Prof, you tried to tell us. You tried to warn us. 
we 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 just we 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 didn't understand. We didn't comprehend the level of craziness and pride and yeah. just you know being able to have that rattler spirit. We sang Negro spirituals. They said that's what it felt like being at a game with us. Say they had their own Negro spirituals and they were louder. There were more people there. We all had on our fam. You said I was out of town for that game. I so hate it because I still, if, if you can, if I, I'll send you uh, some of the video that we have as far as uh, the family Houston alumni chapter, because that's just how wonderful of a Negro spiritual it was. <laughs> I remember seeing some of the stuff on online. Um, Marcus Kelvin, jump in there anytime because I, I I I know we're not here for a long time, but I know if you got any questions regarding. Uh, tonight's event that you want to throw at Jawanza, uh, just just please jump in there quickly. Where was the event held at, and um, and um, how did that come? Do you know how that came about? How 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 Houston was chosen? Sure, uh, it was held at the office of, if uh, you all know, the foundation um, board. The uh, he's emeritus now, but he was the head of the FAMU Foundation board for years. And he is actually a founding partner in McConnell Jones Lanier, which is now the largest minority, largest black CPA firm in the nation. And so Thomas Jones is the Jones and McConnell Jones and Lanier. Well, that's why for so many years, he was a foundation uh, board member uh, and not only the, the member, but the head of the foundation board for so many years. So um, they always call him first. You know, he, he told a story tonight about when they hired uh, Willie and was saying how they had the fam, the uh, not the fam you, but the Prairie View Foundation board leader called him and said, stop messing with my coach and hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, after that, he got a call from Robinson and said, hey, uh, you know, we just made the deal. He said, yeah, I just heard it. So he's been around for a, a long time. And so he always gets preferential treatment because he's the money man. FAMU right. Foundation, that is their mm -hmm. whole purpose, is to, to collect money for FAMU. And so it's going to always, you know, the money man, that's where they're going to go, first and foremost. So yeah. that's why they already had the check made up before, you know, the rest of us even gave. Because they had, uh, and I sent a picture, there, there were five here today, fam, five FAMU, five, no, six. Um, because um, what's it came from uh, Tallahassee and all of those are just, and they had more than that. So that's time in the middle and that's at his right. office. So he always holds it at his office. Okay. Um, um, John Green on the right, of course, that's Lawrence Humphreys next to him. Uh, this is a man, Freddie Reigns to the left. He's a VP um, at a big bank here. He was our president of family Houston alumni chapter probably for nine years in a row. He kept it together. So in this area, and then we had two more. We had a, uh, another family Houston alumni member that she just made it into the Hall of Fame in Chicago at the alumni convention. So she was there. So all of these people, you know, beforehand, that's really just them giving. Right. That's not even the rest of the crowd's money. Okay. That was already pre-made. Pre like, that's why I was telling Brian, hey, look. They, you know, they're still going. You know, you want to pitch it with the check. I like, <laughs> yeah. Which check? Yeah, any, yeah. any check. This will look good. Yeah, this, yeah, this is this is at least a minimum. Mm -hmm. That's why I asked, was it the starter check? Um, <laughs> right. uh, what was the what was the attendance the numbers? Jawanza did um go, go ahead, ahead, Marcus. Go ahead, Brian. 
No, 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 Marcus. So I was going to ask, did uh, the VP Sykes reveal any future as yet unannounced uh, locations? I know when she was on at the uh, the town hall, she mentioned there may have been one or two Northeast schools or Midland schools that were proposing or, or, or at least vying to get a strike tour visit. And I don't know if things have been solidified and she named names for the other cities where she may be traveling other than the other announced names like in Dallas and Miami. Um, someone asked her about Minnesota. And so she was saying that she was actually an ex, um, a FAMU alum and ex-football player who was also the bodyguard for Usher in one of the videos, he was there. And so he asked, he's originally from Minnesota. And so he had asked about, you know, hey, are you going to Minnesota? And she was saying that there's, there might be, like they, she was in communication with some people. But she had said that they came from Seattle. They had been to Seattle and done a tour up there along with Kenny Griffin's, uh, uh, what he just she had. Yeah. Right. And so mm -hmm. she mentioned, and, and also speaking with uh, the, the, the uh, Jerry Lorenzo's father, seeing him up there. So uh, I think the turnout was good. She was saying how um, they were talking about how they hadn't seen so many black people in Seattle. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I know they had a good turnout. Our, our turnout tonight was probably 40 people, mm -hmm. at least 40, maybe 40 to 50. Nice. Nice. Uh, I had somebody in the chat, Michael, uh, Michael Reed, Road Dog Reed, asked any any tips on the host hotel for the uh, for the Houston game. You have you have any idea on where that is going to be or have you any thoughts? I do not know, but I will say this. That same day, University of Houston plays the University of Texas. Mm -hmm. on campus university Ooh. of texas said they were never they had a dispute with university of houston they said they would never play them again they got stuck this year not <laughs> wanting to pay the money to get out of the big 12 and it just happened guess what it's a home houston. game for university of houston because you're leaving you know, it gives you the <laughs> big hey, when they do this, thumbs the horns down or whatever. Right. Yeah. Oh, there's gonna be a lot of that going on. Yeah. So it's gonna be a lot of uh people here. You mean UT, yeah. they come from far and wide. So if you want to be, you know, somewhere uh for the for the game, it's better for you to make your reservations now. I already have. I got my flight, I already got my flight, got my hotel, everything. What, what yeah. hotel? What hotels would you recommend? Any where, where's uh, in terms of good vicinity or area? What do you What do you recommend? I, I hear the Marriott Marquis is gonna have some kind of function. That's, oh, that's the word. Oh man, but that's good. You know, man, that's a beautiful hotel, and that's downtown. Yeah. And yeah. so that's really where it's gonna be held. Man, that that is maybe two three blocks away. So is that? Um, there's a not the higher Regency, but there's another one downtown that. Uh, before Omni. the marquee got there, huh? Omni, not not the Omni, not not the Omni. There's a residence inn that's nice that they build up down there too. That's not right uh, across the street from the Toyota Center, um, but this hotel is adjacent to the Toyota Center and our convention center, and it's not the the Omni. I mean, not the Omni, but the marquee. You got me saying Omni uh, was built probably about ten years later. This was like the original hotel that was down there. But that's another nice hotel um, that's down there. That Hilton Americas is the name. The Hilton okay. Americas and the Mar Marriott Marquis are two great hotels to be at, but they're going to fill up. So how far is Houston Stadium from 
where the Major League Soccer team played at, where Texas Southern played at? How far apart is that? Really, it's a long street, but probably two or three miles down that street because Ooh. it's a street called Emancipation. And uh-huh. so you can just get on Emancipation uh, from Texas Southern, which is probably two blocks over, and then you get on Emancipation and you just ride it for maybe two, three miles. Okay. And that's where it is. Unfortunately, the soccer team doesn't let the little black school tailgate there. And there's no way they would have Rice and University of Houston playing somewhere and tell them, you know, tell their alumni that they can't tailgate. But that's what they've done to Texas Southern. We've talked about that tonight because FAMU is talking about having a tailgate and they were trying to get some ideas on whether we wanted to have it at this park called Emancipation Park and take some shuttles or there's a brewery or some other places. So I did speak to the FAMU Houston alumni president about that because we're going to have the Austin San Antonio alumni chapter officially come down and Dallas. So it's it's going to be a big FAMU Negro oh, school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we coming. We any, coming. Any, black, any black hotels uh, that are on the list of – you know, I, I don't – any black-owned hotels down that way that, no. uh, that anybody's supporting them? Uh, no, okay. no, no. <laughs> you, you might just hope that maybe somebody's working there. Maybe – and I don't know if any general <laughs> manager, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, one final question for you, Jawanza. Uh, I know people are asking about whether the hundred are going to make the trip. And I know there's, we've talked about financial concerns. Was any of that brought up uh, in terms of raising money to get the hundred there? Yes. And they told us we need to give till it hurts. And that's what <laughs> I love that. that. Just, no, no dollar amount. Just give and we'll, we'll give let you know. Till it hurts. Lauren said he had already given. He asked his wife if he could give some more because mm. he was going to give some more. So they just, Hey, everybody, do it, please. We have so many places this money needs to go. So they explained the shortfall of money for the scholarships. He was saying how if you end up staying in the towers as a uh, football player, he says that's not, I guess, what is within allowed within the, the FAMU uh, budget in your scholarship. So if you stay there at the end of the semester and you're an athlete, you'll get a bill for like five hundred dollars. Because they don't cover to stay there when you uh, when they say, OK, this is what you get in a scholarship, your allowance for housing. So that's not covered. So our football players end up with a bill, even though you're a full scholarship player, you end up with a bill for five or six hundred dollars. And he said, we don't have it to give to. Them. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think. Hey, anything. Brian, Brian yeah. I, I'll give you I'll give you a number, though, to shoot for. Uh, for two nights, stay per diem buses and all that good stuff at 100. Just uh, a safe number is probably 100k. It's probably it could be a little less, but but you know, 100k is a good number to, to get them out there. That's probably good. So you pa- pass that on to uh, the folks there in, in Houston when, when they ask, uh, Joanza, that hey, we talk about at least 100 for two nights, 100k for the 100. Buses, um, buses per diem, hotel, all that. So yeah, yeah, and, and it is one of the two flights that the football team will be taking this upcoming season. I, I heard that on an interview that Keith did with uh, Latroy um, that the the Miami game. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, uh, Houston game and uh, and and the South Florida game. Those are our two furthest trips 
this upcoming season. So we take two flights a year. So definitely the Houston game will be a flight uh, that that's going to be uh, any anything that we forgot to ask, Juwanza, anything that any other tidbits uh, that you that you want to drop on us before we before we close out the show? Um, just that uh, the AD, I mean, she she mesmerized us. Uh, she told of her story how uh, when she uh, was talking to uh, a mentor of hers when she was a freshman playing volleyball, said she didn't even know uh, that California didn't have any HBCUs. But when her mentor asked her what she wanted to do, she said, I want to be an AD at an HBCU. And then he asked her some more and said, well, you know, it, you won't be going to California then. And she said, you know, well, she wanted to go be on the beach. And not knowing that Tallahassee is not on the beach. So he said, uh, <laughs> well, you won't be going to California. I, I did the same thing. <laughs> you won't be on the beach. And so he said, doing some more talking, he said, well, sounds like what kind of public, public or private? She said, public. He, she said, well, she said, the mentor told her, you only have one choice. Sounds one like choice. you going to FAMU. And she mm -hmm. said, okay, I guess I want to go to FAMU. And that was her freshman year in college. Mm. I look, I, if, if nothing else, I know, I know she, I know, I know VP catches it from, from a lot of different directions, but I, I love, I love that story. And I, I think it's part of the reason why I give, I want to give more benefit of doubt, more time. You know, we, we know the honeymoon is over and she's got, she's, but she's committed to the job. And uh, this is somebody who wants to be there. You know, the, the, oh, oh, that's what that's what I want to bring up. Did the women anything about the women's basketball open position come up? No, no, that oh. that was not asked. Yeah, no, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that she was probably happy for that. That's probably the only time somebody hasn't asked about that. Um, okay, right. Well, that, that, that that's a good thing then. Nobody nobody was trying to sell Cynthia Cooper to her. That's that's a good thing. I guess. Right now, you know, hey, Cynthia was over at Prairie View, and you know, wow. uh, she, she did a great job at Texas yeah. Southern too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, hey. It is what it is, but, but no, I, I, I'm telling you the, the, the more times you, it, it can't be said, we're talking about somebody who wants to be there. She wants to do the job. She wants to do it well. And I know people give her ish for this whole OBC thing and all this other stuff. And you'll, you know, this is somebody who wants to be, they want to be a, a, a fan. They want to lead this program into brighter days. And this is the dream job. And so the dream job is tough because we are tough and demanding. We want excellence. And I have got nothing from her that tells me she doesn't want to be excellent either. So I continue to be, I, I'm glad that you guys there in Houston got a chance to, to really hear her passion and you know, I I think it's great. I, I think we're on the right page. We're taking the right steps. Uh, it, it's gonna be look. There's a lot of things that FAMU has been denied, mm -hmm. and eventually that's gonna come to an end. Right. And I you know I think we continue to, to if we can get the right people in place and have the right kind of leadership from on high, then I think things will things will really start to grow. But uh, that's my final. That's my final 
thought there. Uh, any any final uh, uh, any any last words you want to share with us, Jawanza? Because I know you've been you've been you, you still dressed up like you, you've been at work all day. So I know you want to get home and get out that tie. <laughs> any last words you want to share with us before you go? Oh man, I, I just you know tonight was energetic and you saw some people that uh, hadn't seen in a while, and so you saw Rattlers from yesteryear there with that excitement, people talking about the JSU game. And, you know, uh, another thing from Coach, he said, you know, hey, look, don't just come to, to JSU and Southern and a couple other games. We need that that Rattler Den excitement every game for the Lincoln game, before homecoming, and I mean, uh, before the Classic. And so he says, you know, he really pushed us to do it all the time. And even though our tickets have gone up and we everyone said, hey, you did well. You know, she was saying she took so much flack with that because we we had to raise money. So uh, I'm just so happy that FAMU is continuing to strike our excellence. Uh, they mentioned that our, our entering class, that the GPA will be 3.9 of the mm -hmm. freshman class coming in. They said this is the most academically successful uh, athletic class we will ever have at FAMU. And so that's carried on from the class in total onto the field. So uh, FAMU is doing it athletically, academically, and we just have to support them with our wallets. Well said. Uh, Jawanza Green, ladies and gentlemen, our, our man, our man about town, boots on the ground, right there live from Houston, Texas, at this evening strike tour. Uh we're gonna have to invite you back on the show, Jawan. So the people love you, man. Uh, you're getting good reviews. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bring you back on the show, man. Especially when we uh when we come out to Houston. Uh we're gonna have to have you be a part of the show. <laughs> I'm always willing to get into the den. I'm always ready to get into the rattlers den. All right, strike, brother. strike and strike again. Hey, look at you. You, you got the memo. Appreciate you, Jawanza, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Hey, have a good night. We'll talk offline. All right. All right. All right. Uh, man, that is, that is awesome. Hey, that's my boy uh, stepping in there, boots on the ground. All right. So, woo. All right, fellas. Been a long show. Been a good show, man. We, yeah. we've, we, we've covered some great ground. Um, yeah. Got to, uh, again, thank uh, Kelvin Carter with Stride, Inc. Uh, go back and, and watch the show. Great opportunities for student interns um through stride i don't even know where let me see if i can find my my banners that we had up earlier um so yeah you can definitely go to stridelearning.com and you can find out about the internship opportunities for high school students in the south uh stridelearning.com teachers go check out mybcsn.net slash watch slash stride that is for first year teachers uh, veteran teachers, uh, a lot of great opportunities there with Stride and the Black College Sports Network. So uh, we appreciate them. And then, of course, uh, Commissioner uh, Commissioner Hunter for jumping in. Henry Hunter from the PioneerLeague.com came in. What an amazing, exciting league it is. Uh, that 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 brother is going places and. Uh, he's doing what he's doing. He's only been there two, three years. That's the part that still is blowing me away. Um, that so uh, th that's exciting, uh, and we and we hope some of our guys 
uh, take advantage of that baseball tryouts that's going on in Denver, Colorado, July 28th through the 29th. Uh, you can reach out to him on Instagram, PLB, no, Pioneer Baseball League, PBL, PBL.commissioner is his Instagram. That's PBL.commissioner or hunter at PioneerLeague.com. <clears throat> It is where you can email him if you got information on somebody that wants to be a part of that baseball tryout on July 28th through the 29th in by, Denver. By the way, Brian, I yes. know that he's already in contact with uh, our head baseball coach. Beautiful. That's what I love to hear. That's what I love to hear. And then, of course, I uh, got to thank again uh, Juwanza Green, uh, live from Houston, Texas. Attending this evening's Houston Strike Tour. Dallas, you're up next. They're going to be in Dallas. Coach Simmons, uh, VP Sykes, they'll be in Dallas tomorrow. Big D. So uh, I know the uh, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Rattlers will be on hand uh, for them. Uh, Marcus, you got you got your boy all squared away? Yeah. Yeah. Still got like another day and a half, but after that, you know, he'll be straight. All right, all right. No, no tears. Who's crying? Who? Hey, hey, yeah, that's who's my been question. Up more, you, you or mom? Hey, Who, who's hey, been tearing up more? Y'all gonna be empty nesters too? Ooh, yes, sir. Who, 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 who crying first? Well, <laughs> Marcus is telling. Go ahead, Marcus. Uh, okay, if you've already cried, go ahead. It's all good. Uh, no, I haven't cried. And I don't know if he keep leaving dirty dishes. Ain't nothing. Either one of us crying. Oh, oh, <laughs> He's like, all right, get the, get it, keep, keep stepping. <laughs> Marcus is ready. To, ready to put him out the house already. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> we, 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 we look forward to hearing next, next week, the, uh, the, uh, the, the adventures and, and see, you know, whatever you want to share with us next week. You know, maybe even some pictures. We'll put up some pictures there. Marcus sending the sending the boy, the last one, sending them off to school. Uh <laughs> to HBCU at that. We we love it. Um next week it's uh we're getting ready for SWAT Media Day because we'll be one week away. We got 53 days until the OBC. Next week we start breaking down SWAT Media Day, which will be the following Tuesday. So next week, guys, I guess we got to do our predictions. In, in lieu, uh, in lieu of the swag. Yeah, we got to break down our roster. Yeah. We right. ready. And, and, then, and then the following week, we'll actually review all of the stuff that came out of SWAT Media Day. So the next two week shows are probably going to be heavy football conversation shows as SWAT Media Day is around the corner. So, uh, Kelvin, any final thoughts you want to add? Marcus, then I guess you go in after Kelvin. Any final thoughts? No, just I'm it's excited, man. We what's what about seven weeks away from um seven kickoff. More Saturdays, yep. Yeah, so uh I, you know you see all online all the social media's uh posts from the different podcasters and, and, and so forth who cover HBCU and FCS sports and so forth. And I'm loving all the content. Gerald, of course, is producing something new every day on the Tallahassee Democratic online. So um, yeah, we, we getting, we getting fired up. We're ready to go, man. And we, we, we got some stuff in store for you. We, we got to get some, some student athletes on, on here. All right. 
Well, yeah, as soon as they start finishing up their, their classes and summer classes and stuff, we start getting those guys in here. Uh, Marcus, any, anything you want to leave us with uh, before we before we close out? I'm just excited about the football season. Looking forward to what it holds. It looks very promising on paper. We know we got to hit the field and actually execute. And let's not forget about, I know football is the, the main one, but we've got some some goings on in other sports that bode very well. Volleyball, you know, has gotten yeah. a couple people in. Um, you look at baseball, we have a, a, at least two new transfers, a one who is a, a Division two player, and hopefully we can get him on the show soon. And we have a pitcher. It looks like he's coming back home to Tallahassee. So baseball is looking good. Track, and as you mentioned, uh, it, the – we have uh, the young man you mentioned earlier, plus somebody else who was a state champion in the 200 uh, that signed on with FAMU. Softball's looking up. I saw Trey, there. Trey uh, coaches recruit yeah, well. Coach Definitely. Patterson. Oh, yeah. And Coach Patterson met with a local young lady who's a class of 2026. She's like 5'10". I think she's a pitcher at, um, I want to say, um, was it St. John the Baptist? And she's class of 2020, no offer yet, but just, you know, all the coaches are getting out and about and, and doing their thing. So we got to get this thing right with women's basketball. Uh, men's basketball has got a whole bunch of, bunch of people in. I know y'all guys reviewed it on the last Friday show for the women's basketball and touched a little bit just in general. So there's a lot of things looking up. And like you know, VP Sykes said last week, you know, we have three championships this year. And she wants to continue to have a, a minimum of four. But in order to do that, we have to have championship level, championship level budget and championship level expectations with an associated budget and support. Well said. Well said. Couldn't have said it any better. So uh, with that, we will close out the show. Thank everybody for watching on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Uh, remember to make sure you're following us on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at ONG Strike Zone. You can also download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on the Google Play and Apple App Store. Just search my JBN or my BCSN. We also encourage you to be a part of the BCSN Pod Zone, where you can listen to all the shows that are part of the Black College Sports Network. Uh, BCSN Pod Zone, BCSN Pod Zone on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google, and Apple Podcast, and other places. So that's going to do it for tonight's show. Bit of a long one, but hopefully you enjoyed it. Share it with some rattlers and then tell them to make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and uh, feel free to donate. You can always donate as well. So that's going to do it for Marcus, Kelvin. I'm Brian. Be good out there. Be safe. Put those things up and make sure to strike, strike, and strike again. Good night, Rattler Nation.